Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 46 of Points and Penalties. We'd like to remind you to please subscribe wherever you get your pods and give us a like and follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Points Penalties. My name is Josh, and with me are my co-hosts, Jesse, Peter, and Kevin. Kevin, what are you drinking tonight? Well, I'm drinking myself a uh, Lake Bays Brewing Company. It's a uh, Indian Pale Ale. Uh, it uh, says Stand Down. And it's a 6.9%. It's tasty. I don't mind it. Burr, like a big-ass bear that's on it. <laughs> Very nice. Pedro, what's your poison? Thanks, Kev. Uh, I figured since I was traveling last week, I found a uh, Porter Porter. So it's a partnership with uh, Porter Airlines. And uh, Bose, and uh, yeah, it's a porter porter, it's 5.6 percent strong beer with vanilla flavor, decent so far, not bad. Jesse, what are you drinking? I am drinking something called the Bitter Waitress, it is a black IPA from Shiloh Brewing. And it's a strong beer, 6.5%. And it's a dark beer, so it kind of has a flavor of a stout almost. But it says it's a, it's called a black IPA, which I've never had before. Um, it's, it's heavy for sure, but it's pretty good so far. Yosh, what are you having? All right, this week, in honor of uh, Kev's last season one episode... As he's going to be away next week, I had to go with a beer that uh, reminded me of him. So from Nickelbrook Brewing, I've got a double IPA called Metalhead. Giddy on. It's got a picture of a fucking skull king of fucking king of hops beer there. I want that can. I want that can when you're done with it, sir. I'm surprised you didn't find that one. Yeah. And it's actually really good. So it's a double IPA, as I said, citrusy peachy passion fruity and uh it's pretty fucking tasty and just because i'm not a bitch like you guys this thing is 8.5 percent well you guys thought you were doing good with your uh you know sixes and whatever else over there but <laughs> not today nah, nah, nah. bring in the heat yeah had to do it had to do it so kev you're doing some some uh, early family Christmas stuff. Is that, is that right for next week? Yeah. Heading up uh, down towards my mom's and, uh, you know, doing a little bit of a turkey, turkey kind of Christmassy kind of thing. So we. Hells yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, lots of fun. You better have a good show today. You better step up your game. <laughs> yeah. Like I said in the, the chat here, boys, don't make me nervous. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, let's uh, start this off with some somber NFL news, Jess. Yeah, uh, great wide receiver passed away Thursday night, Demarius Thomas, at the age of 33. He was a Denver Bronco. Uh, he had spent like 10 years in the NFL, but mainly with the Broncos. Uh, and he just retired this year after reportedly due to an unconfirmed medical condition. So that's not good. And as far as I know and read, the 
reasoning to why he passed away was he was suffering from seizures for over a year. So this could be linked back to CTE maybe in some sort of way, but yeah, it's tough, tough for his family and everyone that happened at such a young age for this to happen. It's too bad. Uh, the today's game with the Detroit Lions and Denver Broncos, they had a bit of a tribute to him. They discussed this all before the game started. Broncos were going to receive the kick and they were going to go do with a 10 man huddle and they would just have uh, just a silent time for him. So the, the reason they went with 10 man was because the guy uh, Demaryius Thomas was to play the X spot, which is usually done by uh, Cortland Sutton. And so he was off on the sideline and they just, they just had moments of silence for him. And Detroit did not accept the penalty for the delay of game. And it was a really nice moment for him. And it was really decent of everyone to do that for him, both teams. Especially for the Lions to be on board with that was pretty sweet. I mean, you know, not that the season matters compared to, uh, you know, a death, but, you know, their season is going nowhere. So why not? help out and uh and and make a a good statement like this and and, and give this uh give dt a, a moment which he definitely deserves for sure i mean like i grew up with him seeing him on the highlight shows and all everything like that and he was part of that best offense with the denver broncos uh, i think they scored the most they scored the most points in the nfl i think 2013 it was with peyton uh, I think Eric, Eric Decker and Wes Walker was in, in there as well. I can't remember the running back, but they put out the most points in the NFL, which it, even this year, because there's an extra week, could be passed, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. That was quite the year that they did. And one of my favorite lines from that he did for, he was like a fantasy football commercial was, uh, Oh, only yes. winners get wings. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're right. I totally forgot about that. Oh, that's how I remember him for a long time. That's funny. Only winners get wings. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, I saw there was a ton of players uh, tweeting out, you know, their uh, well wishes for the family and, you know, just that they couldn't believe that this had happened to them and, and whatnot. And, um, you, know, you could tell that he was uh, very well liked know in his own locker room of course but among other locker rooms as well so it's an unfortunate situation and hopefully uh you know hopefully they give us some answers of of why and and how he actually uh came to pass away and uh you know let's hope for football's sake it's it wasn't uh cte yeah for sure i was just gonna say at the end of this guys i wouldn't mind throwing out the cheers to this gentleman mr thomas once we're we're sitting down with in regards to well, let's just throw it out now, bud. Yeah, man, it's it's sad to see, sad to hear. I'd like to throw out a cheers to Demirius. Cheers, bro. Cheers, man. Rest in peace. Cheers. All right, so moving on, we will talk about something that happened earlier in the week. Uh, this was pretty depressing. If you're a Bills fan, <sighs> the Patriots ended up beating them. 14 to 10 
where the Patriots QB, Mac Jones, only threw three passes. And he completed two of them. <laughs> but only for 19 <laughs> yards. <laughs> this That's was the fewest passes by a team since 1974. <laughs> Whew. Hey, I was, I, was, I was around then. <laughs> You're the only one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this must have been some boring-ass football back in that time. <laughs> but yeah, this was uh, pretty bad. The reason for all the or the little passing or little offense in general was because the winds were howling there at 40 miles per hour uh, wind gusts. And yeah, the at one point, the Patriots ran the ball 32 consecutive plays in a row. <laughs> and that's the longest stretch of rushes over the last 40 years. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, man. And coming into this game, the Bills defense ranked fifth in rushing, allowing having allowed over 100 yards just three times. And then they allowed 222 in this one on 46 attempts. And I think that like dropped them like into the, the it definitely dropped them in the bottom half of the league. So this was pretty embarrassing for these guys, I, I think. And it just, it also goes to show you how good of a coach Bill Belichick is. Because he had this game plan set. He figured out that like he wasn't going to put his quarterback in any situation where he's going to have to be throwing into that wind. And as I've seen so far, Mac Jones, like we haven't really seen him throw the ball that much, but when he does, it doesn't go that far. He's He only gets high percentage uh, passes. And in this case, they just didn't let him pass at all. And probably the ones that they did let him pass were high percentage. And with the wind. Yeah, with the wind. He wouldn't be passing into the wind. Yeah, like you saw Josh Allen throwing into the wind, and he's got a rifle, so he can zip it in there. Yeah. But even even that, he was, you know, less throwing into the wind than than with the wind. So yeah, I saw one of the game-winning – or the not the game-winning, the game-losing drive, I guess you could say, but the, the last drive, he threw it to the corner of the end zone and or the corner of the pylon, and – the guy was open. I can't remember the, the person, the Buffalo Bills player's name, but it the ball just kept sailing out of bounds because yeah. it was into the wind. And I guarantee you, Bill was like, I do not want that at the end of the game. And he For was sure. going and made sure his opponent was going uh, against the wind. Did you say they were fifth and they dropped all the way to the bottom half because of this one game? I was going to say the same thing. I was going to ask that same question, Pedro. I swear yeah. to God. One game did this. Like they, wow. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm gonna throw out a challenge just for fun. I'm gonna say they're still top half. Okay. I have, I have no idea the answer. You're crazy. Uh, <laughs> you just gave them points. Right. Got to win yeah. some points back. Got to get I, aggressive here at the end of the season. <laughs> but why give them points? Why not? Uh, well, go ahead. Someone check that out. So there was a video done before the game, and I forget the Buffalo kicker. He kicked it and it just took off to the left of the oh, goal yeah. pulse. Like, and it wasn't even like it was a far kick at all. It was crazy how much that wind was playing a factor in, in the kicking game. And I think the Patriots went for two at one point as well. First, why would, why first wouldn't score you? they went for two. Yeah. So that score was that uh, Damian Harris one where he ran for 64 yards. He's pretty much the only play that yeah. was entertaining in this game. But he ran right up the gut and heavy set box and. Yeah. But we'll talk Gosh. about more more about that later because Josh has some wants to talk about them more, I'm sure. I got some issues. Yeah. 
All right, so we're going to talk about the MVP race here because it's pretty open for the most part. I've found there, I put some stats up there and I would kind of want to know what your guys would think would be the MVP for the end of the year. Uh, the leader is Tom Brady. He's having uh, another career year. Pat uh, has the most passing touchdowns, most yardage, but he has been a little inconsistent with his throws as well. His record, well, after today, his record is now 10 and uh, 10 and three. So that's a pretty good record. The other guy is Kyle Murray, who has missed three games and is still in this MVP race. So that's pretty interesting because I thought that uh, he wouldn't have a chance. But everyone seems to not be running away with this at all. And they got Aaron Rodgers in there, who's been having a good year. He had that he wasn't there for that one game because he was unvaccinated and got COVID. And then Josh Allen, who has been not having as good as years last year, but still been pretty productive for the most part. But we were for sure, you were probably going to see this downfall a little bit. He had such a great year last year and what he's been doing. And but the problem was he lost again today, which was one of the locks. I got Matthew Stafford in here who started off really hot and has tailed off at the end here. We'll see what happens Monday night as the Rams don't play this Sunday. I would, uh, I would also throw in Justin Herbert Yep, and just uh, uh, Taylor. They're the running back. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's tough with Taylor cause he's a running back and these are, you know, he's competing against a bunch of quarterbacks to win this. And it's a typically it's a quarterback uh, award, but he definitely deserves uh, some praise for what he's done. And I, I, to be honest, it would be crazy to see where Derek Henry would be right now if he stayed healthy because he was ahead for two weeks, I think, before anybody passed him uh, with the rushing yards. So, yeah. Well, Although I have heard he might be on track to make it back for the playoffs. Yes. Yeah, uh, game 18, I heard maybe at the earliest game eight, a week 18 and then the playoffs. So that's huge for your old Titans. Unfortunately, the fantasy season is done by then, and I won't be able to use them. (laughs) (laughs) That would be fucking sweet, though. Bust out Derrick Henry in the final. (laughs) It's like pulling him off LTIR. (laughs) I've seen people drop him, and then then other people pick him up in different leagues. I mean, if you've got space, yeah, you never know, right? Like as an IR spot, more or less, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah, if he shows up early, great. They need it. And we'll talk about that a little bit later, but like you said, I think Jonathan Taylor should be in this, maybe even Cooper Cup. He's having a great year too, but they never give this award out to uh, non-QBs. The last one was Adrian Peterson, and that was like 10 years ago. Yeah. So, Yeah, and so you're going to have to have a massive non-quarterback year to even have a sniff at this award. Well, this is the year to do it because like as much as good as like there are these these quarterbacks are having good years, but there's no one like separating themselves from the pack more or less than Brady. Taylor has to continue doing what he's doing, which is not going to be the easiest thing either. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely going to be difficult. He gets a little rest this week. Say we're on a bye, but. So I'm I think you guys know who I'm going to take. I'm going to take Matthew Stafford to turn this around. He's going to be my MVP. I picked him at the beginning of the year. And I'm not going to lose faith. Why, why, though? Why, Jesse? Why? Why did, why did I pick him again? 
Yeah, why why him over the other quarterbacks that are available? Because I told you, I he had a big, <laughs> huge, huge uh, beginning. He was dominating. They had a garbage run for a bit. Uh, he is playing hurt, so hopefully he gets a little bit better now and stops taking so many shots, but we'll see. But he's got to prove to beat bigger teams. Like, he beat Tom Brady, but that's really the only big team he's really beaten. He's lost against Aaron Rodgers, Kyler Murray, and stupid Tannehill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also Garoppolo, which is pretty bad, but teams lose to Garoppolo. I don't know how that happens. I guess it's more uh, Shanahan. Yeah, for sure. It's not <laughs> Garoppolo. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm going to go with Justin Herbert. I think, uh, I think he's pretty good. He's up there in uh, the completion percentage with uh, over 66%. He's got over 3,500 yards. Uh, and that was all before today. Today's game, I uh, just I think he's been pretty solid, and he fucking lit it up today. So, yeah. uh, he's he's definitely for me. He's he's the guy. Uh, you know, Tom is Tom. And I mean, these other guys, like you know, the beginning of the year, I had Josh Allen. You know, got a little bit of a Homer hard on for him, um, but he has been fucking hot garbage the last few weeks. As the team has been fucking shit the last few weeks. So. Um, He's definitely fallen off my radar uh, in terms of the MVP, uh, but I'm going to go on a limb and take a sophomore, uh, Justin Herbert. Yeah, man, he's having a super solid season. He struggled at the beginning of the year. He threw a couple of picks, but he was just warming up. So he's definitely killing it right now. Had a monster game. It was against the Giants defense, so who knows. But as long as he keeps playing the way he is, he's gonna he'll be definitely up there in that MVP candidacy for sure well i was thinking of taking kyler murray but i'm a little worried that uh time he missed is going to hurt him here and uh, i'm pretty sure kev's going to take him anyway <laughs> so in- instead as much as it pains me i went with uh, the old man tom brady your favorite michigan wolverine yeah, <laughs> oh hey did you realize that uh michigan they were they won their game uh last week there pd and i uh i i heard that going yeah, into the, that, the cfp uh, fuck yeah i got I, I got that update on my phone and i quickly deleted it no, 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 no. <laughs> well you should have kept it because you don't get many of those ohio shit fucking notifications anymore so <laughs> <laughs> they'll be back Oh uh, fuck! So Pete, you got old man Brady. Yep. And Kev, is Pete right? Are you taking uh, Kyler? Yeah, I'll take him. I'll take Murray. Guy's quick. He's got wheels. He's got arm. He's got strength. You know, to me, I just I like him. And uh, fuck Brady, by the way. <laughs> fuck that. Brady I mean, fucking won you the game today, bud. Yeah, which won you a lock, but still fuck Brady, eh? Yeah, still fuck Brady. Fuck that guy. See, I agree too, but I'm just going to take him because I think he's going to win. But fuck that guy. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So I got Safford, Josh got Herbert, Peter's got Brady, and Cavs got the little man, Murray. We'll see who wins this because this is all over the place and it's anyone's game at this point. So we're going to move on and just talk a little bit about the Titans for Peter's sake since he's finally back. Ooh. Yeah. This Ooh. is about all the injuries that we talked about with Henry coming back. So the Titans, 
they've set an NFL single season record with the yeah. 86 players <laughs> used. Oh. <laughs> and they still got five games remaining for the regular season. Let's get to 100. Let's do it. Come on. <laughs> I don't think you want to Wait, be cheering for that. <laughs> they are also tied with the Texans with the second highest total for starters at 49. So that's uh, that's pretty bad because the Texans have been going through players like crazy trying to f- figure out um, who, just, who can start there because like they're a garbage team. Uh, fuck so good record to be tied with there the titans but they are getting players back aj brown should be back and at this point they'll probably titans will probably make the playoffs and uh yeah henry will be back for for that so that'll be good it's exciting for that because that's a tough tough thing to get through if you're using all these players yeah yeah so the opposite side of the field and that what happened today's game. We will be talking about tensions boiling over for Urban Meyer and his players and the staff. Uh, so they're 10 and two, which I'm not kind of surprised about at all. What I'm surprised about is all the issues that have been going on there. They've had issues with coaches that they've let go. They had that Chris Doyle for those uh, racial remarks that they had. And then there was a special teams guy that left for personal reasons. And obviously we all know about the Ohio incident in a bar and a dance. It was a nice dance. I'm sure it was, <laughs> but it wasn't good to hold the locker room together. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. He's been having issues uh, since almost day one. Yeah. And he's been blaming a lot of the players. He's been blaming a lot of his coaches because he thinks he's a winner because he's got a bunch of national championships. So he thinks he's the best. And yeah, the rest of his coaching staff and players don't really want to play with him. I heard something that Marvin Jones said something to him and he's a pretty quiet guy because he he was pissed about some of the stuff he's going public with here, blaming players. Uh, James Robinson, one of their better players, uh, he got benched last week after fumbling the opening drive against the Rams until the second half, until Lawrence said something to him, like, why don't we have James Robinson? In? Why isn't he playing with us? Like, he he's one of our, their better players. Like, they went out and got uh, Etienne in the first round after James Robinson. He was a rookie, undrafted rookie last year, and they went out and got a, a brand-new first-round running back. So this was extremely strange, strange when they did this because I thought he was a pretty good running back. And he's shown me that he's been a pretty good running back. Yeah, he fumbled. Um, and I get that most people bench uh, their running backs when they do that because they're not supposed to be dropping the ball. But he's your best player and 10 and 2, man. Like you gotta, you gotta put him in. And the guy they put in was uh Carlos Hyde, who played for Myers at Ohio State. So they thought there was a bit of favoritism. And they also, I just remember one other thing that happened in the summertime when they were doing cut downs was that there was a um, a news inquiry about when they cut down people that they were doing it because who was vaccinated and who wasn't because they didn't want to have trouble in the season. 
Well, I mean, that's a team can do that, man. That's, I mean, sure. That's probably not good PR, but maybe it is like, you know, you have to be vaccinated to play a lot of places. Right. But like, look at, look at the NBA. They're having, you know, with New York and whatnot and Kyrie hasn't played all year. You know, you want to get rid of that uh, potentially as early as you can. So I, I can't really blame them for, for potentially cutting guys that way. Obviously you want to put the best team forward, even mm-hmm. if he's unvaccinated, but that's the way it should be. I think personally, like I get like the personal decisions that comes into it, but with them going with rolling with like, it's just a pattern that's been happening, right? Like he wants players his way more or less, which it's his team. I get it. He wants Carlos Hyde to start over James Robertson, Travis Etienne. They wanted to play a lot more this year. Like it's, it's just a, a style that I, I don't really care for, but it's just like you said, like maybe it's good PR, maybe it's bad PR, but it affects your locker room when you make those decisions. Right. For sure. Especially when it's a likable guy or a guy that is maybe better than somebody else and you're cutting him because of his vac status, then you're definitely going to cause a rift in the room for sure. Mm-hmm. So I haven't heard anything from Shah Khan, the owner there. He's a pretty patient owner for the most part, but he did say there was issues with that Ohio um, bar that happened there. He said he was losing the locker room and they lost a little bit of faith. Mm-hmm. And, but I don't think for what he got him out of retirement to come coach this team, I don't think they'll be doing that. I don't think they'll be letting him go, but who knows in this NFL. So Peter might get a, one of the first uh, hot takes might be correct on that. He finishes his career with a two and 10 record. And with all this coming out, I don't think he might get another chance in the NFL if he does get fired. Okay. Yeah. I I don't think he's going to get fired. I think he's going to, you know, whatever they're going to end up with, they're going to end up with that. He's going to get a shot next year. And then that's going to be his, uh, his potential undoing there that next year, I think is when he gets fired. They've got so many young guys, so many rookies. He's, you know, he's, he's coached in the, in the pros before, hasn't he? No, he hasn't. So, you know, you get a rookie coach. So it, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of youth there or a lot of inexperience. So I think, as you said, Jess, the uh, the owner is pretty pretty relaxed um, and patient, and I, I feel like he's going to give them, you know, at least at least next year or part of next year to try and right this ship. So, uh, before Jesse run into the locks here, I just wanted to touch on that uh, that challenge that we had. Uh, so, from what I've seen here, the Buffalo Bills prior to today's game are 12th in in run defense that's, yeah. what I've, that, that's what i've found at teamrankings.com yeah okay i, I thought um, they had dropped out to the other half i will i don't if anybody wants to maybe check a more reputable site um don't you like just go ESPN. to uh, nfl uh, you probably can i don't didn't know if they ranked them that way or not so they're saying now that uh, the Bills are giving up 107 yards a game with number one is Baltimore at 84.3. That's what this team rankings is. So, But I hope this is right because uh, I love taking points away from Jesse. <laughs> Not that I took it away, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, 
And also before we oh, get yeah, into you're this. Right. You're right. You're right. Good. Uh, yeah. It is right. Yeah. They are 12. And also before we get into our little locks uh, here, guys, uh, I just want to ask you, do you guys know what the diamonds are on the Pittsburgh Steelers helmets? What it represents or what it means? Nope. No one? Nope. I mean, I know, but <laughs> you're not fucking going to get me into a challenge. <laughs> no. All right. Why well, do you tell us, Kev? <laughs> I will. Uh, the diamonds actually on, the, on their helmets, um, because they went to a yellow color, they took their yellow helmets away and went to black, so it would be highlighted. Uh, the yellow would represent coal. The red would represent iron, and blue represents scra- steel scraps. Is what those uh, diamonds are on their helmets. Which those are the main ingredients, apparently, of, to yeah, how to make steel. Steel, yeah. Hence the reason Steelers. Whoa! Whoa! Way to blow my mind. I know. That was the sound of my head exploding. <laughs> Just a random fucking interjection by Kel. Yes, sir. <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't be a you know a typical day if I didn't do something silly, or or you know of that nature. Say, say something that we have no idea. <laughs> Why not? We weren't even talking about the Steelers. <laughs> hey, well, either we'll talk about them later. It's just something to throw out there, only because I mean it is still football ish news. And I just figured, you know, if you guys didn't know, I can share my old a my old ass tutelage and tell you Slash, what. Slash, he was trying to screw you guys on fucking yeah. challenge. On a challenge. I was just hoping one one of you guys would just said something wrong, just so I can say it. I'm always fishing. You damn right I am. <laughs> never, There's never getting any bites though. <laughs> no, no. Just, just like that uh, Primus song, "Fish On." I mean, yeah. If you never heard of it, check it out. It's pretty decent. All right. So we're going to get into our locks. Yeah. Uh, we'll start off with Peter. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. Big win. Dallas over Washington. Washington was a pretty hot team coming in. The Cowgirls got their receiving core back, and they actually really – this is on their defense. Their defense won them this game. And uh, they won this by a score of uh, 27 to 20. Their head coach, Mike McCarthy, guaranteed a win this week. And he came through, almost fell apart at the end. Almost. And, that pick six. I was thinking, holy fuck, we're going to have a game out of this. Yeah, there was, and then Kyle Allen fumbled the freaking ball. <laughs> <laughs> Fumble. Fumbleaya. Fumble Ruski. <laughs> So one of their players who could be is a rookie who's pretty much got that rookie of the year all taped up and ready to put into his trophy case. Michael Parsons. I mean, hopefully it's not taped up. <laughs> Shattered glass. You fucking oh. broke it. Yeah. <laughs> He'll probably get another one too. Oh, well, I guess not rookie, but uh, another trophy. In the future, he's definitely looking like a defensive player of the year. He had two sacks and became the first rookie since Javon Curse in 1999. Yeah, and a, th- uh, and a third in NFL history to have at least one in six consecutive games. And Javon Curse has the record 
at 14. Holy Christ. Yeah. So he's, and he's not really, he's not an, he's an inside backer. He's not a, he's not supposed to be rushing the quarterback, but he's so good at it that they, they keep doing this. And I saw something else that he said, he's like one in two players. I can't remember the, the other player to have like a certain amount of tackles and a certain amount of sacks through as a rookie. So he's been, he's been dominating. He's been having a hell of a year and yeah, he, like, I think TJ Watt still might get the defensive player of the year. There you go. There's your Steelers reference, (laughs) but this guy's making a case for sure. And like you said, it could see they're going to be him or, uh, no, Trayvon's not a, a rookie, is he? No, Trayvon Diggs. No, no, is this? I think he's a sophomore season. Right. So, you know, basically they've got a guy that is fighting for both DPOI and uh, and rookie of the year, and then they they've got Trayvon who's also uh, putting a, an effort, good effort towards a, of DPOI as well because he's had a bunch of fucking interception and is playing fucking great. That just you mentioned last week that he he gives up some yards and some catches, but he's a ball hawk and he he's a, he's a game changer. Yeah, give so. him a huge touchdown today. Mm-hmm. And but it was it was an amazing throw, an amazing catch. I don't blame him for for uh, not stopping that one, but it was uh, it was a hell of a throw and, and catch. It's uh, it's not great to have you know when uh, the Cowboys are good, you know. It's, we always like to chirp the Cowboys, and the only reason I cheer for them now is because of Zeke. But he's fucking been garbage. There's a good chance that Zeke gets shipped off my fucking team this year <laughs> or next year. So Sayonara. I won't be fucking cheering for the Cowgirls anymore. <laughs> All right. And then I took the Bengals over the 49ers. Yeah. <laughs> and the 49ers scored a touchdown in overtime to beat them uh, 26-23. So this game was – I missed a lot of it because we were doing starting getting ready for the podcast and stuff, but they were down, I think, 20 to six, and they came storming back to get an OT. Uh, 49ers missed uh, the field goal to send it into OT, and then the Bengals went and got a field goal, but they couldn't stop the Niners. Stupid Niners. Kevin took uh, Tampa Bay over the Bills. Yeah, fuck Brady. <laughs> Tampa Bay <laughs> ended up winning 33-27. And Brady had a pretty good game. Two TDs, 363 yards. So he's definitely a good pick for Peter and the MVP. Through like a 50-some-odd yard fucking touchdown pass in overtime to win it. Fucking asshole. <laughs> playing like an MVP well good on him that's what he does so Kevin gets the win there yeah. and another lost the Bills and they're at 7-6 now so they are they, I don't know what's going on with this team but they need uh, an easy game of some sort or I, I don't know they need to get yeah, hopefully they play the Jets or the Dolphins soon <laughs> I mean the Dolphins are pretty hot right now too Okay, hopefully they play the Jets. <laughs> yeah, the Jets, yeah. <laughs> and then Yosh took the Ravens over the Browns. Now in this game. 
Action Jackson was out early, and Browns had a big lead, and Ravens came storming back, but they held on for a 24-22 victory. And Baker Mayfield threw two TD passes. Miles Garrett scored his first career TD, and the Cleveland Browns stayed in the thick of the playoff race and surviving that comeback. Miles Garrett also broke the club sack record. He came in sharing with Reggie Camp at 14, 1984. Now there are rumors that the Browns have had higher numbers, but the sacks never came into an individual statistic until 1982. Well, then it didn't fucking happen. <laughs> That's what they always say. Yeah, uh, yeah it's, this is for uh, Kevin's sake because he was around there and he, he <laughs> so was they, they, they like to argue all that stuff. <laughs> Uh, my boy, uh, Mark Andrews, had a huge game, finished with 11 catches, 155, 115 yards. 21. 21. <laughs> <laughs> and bro- broke uh, Baltimore's single-season record for yards receiving by a tight end, surpassing Todd Heap, which was uh, 855 in 2005. So, on the season, Peter is a yeah! 10-4. I'm at eight and six. Kev climbs up to six and eight. Yeah. And Josh is tied with him at six and Jesse, eight. Jesse, you realize that now you're as close to Josh and Kevin as you are to me out in front. <laughs> yeah. Take the fuck right <laughs> off there, baby. <laughs> hey, man, bad luck happens. I, I, I forgot to do it early again this week. I had it the week before, but then I forgot again this week. Yeah, Slim Pickens this week. Anyways. I just straight up thought the Ravens were going to so win. So did I last week. <laughs> that was going to be my pick. That was going to be my pick, and then you took it from <laughs> <laughs> Which, it didn't, it didn't matter either way. Yeah. Stupid. You'd never be afraid to take the other side anyways, guys. I mean. Well, we'll see. Maybe I might start taking Peter and just see. Against Peter's just to see if uh, that's a good yeah. idea. It is a great idea. If there's any way to make a fucking big comeback, yeah. that's it. That's a that's a two point or, two point swing, yeah. Yeah, yeah two, two point, point swing, swing, yeah. I thought you guys would have followed the trend after no, I did, but no. No. <laughs> no, not until it matters, man. That's no. all it matters. How many games we got left? Five. Well, this is week fourteen. Oh, four, so it's only four games. Yeah. Oh, I gotta start doing that next week. Pete, whoever you're taking, I'm taking the other team. There we go. There we go. I like to hear that. That's uh, that, that's awesome. No fucking time. Kev, you better take the opposite of Jesse so we knock them both down at the same time. All right, fuck it. I will. You take you take on Pedro. I'll take on Jess. Make it a good one, Sneezy. This will this will be good. This will be good. Make yeah, it a good one. We're coming back. We're coming but I, back. But yeah, I'm bud. never reminded to make my pick until you make yours, Kev. That's the trigger. I know that's the thing. Is, I did it. I did it two weeks ago, and then I'm always reminded when Kev does it. All I know is I'm going to follow Josh's oh. rule from now on. Just don't pick any purple teams. It's not going to no work. Purple. Uh, yeah, no fucking purple. do it. Just do it. Take the opposite team for the fucking. Yeah, just do it. Just do it. Unless, well, fuck. I hope. I hope that uh, whoever I pick, or or whoever you guys pick, hopefully it's not a purple team. I'll be so fucking mad if I have to take the Vikings. <laughs> oh, That's what I'm saying. I mean, if you're if you're gonna, it's whoever Peter takes. Yeah, and it's whoever Sneezy takes. So we're kind of SOL at the end. Like, like 
Well, the Ravens could like screw over whoever, right? It could be oh, yeah. if you pick against them, right? Yeah. So kind of like the Vikings, when you pick against them, and they it's win. a crapshoot, man. It really is. We're we're waiting in limbo here, there, Yosh. We can't do anything until they pick. Then we know who. Then we know who we have. Fair enough. So it's not on us, bro. It's on them. All right. You know what I forgot to do today, guys? I forgot to put our locks up for last week. <laughs> oh, I know. I went, I went looking for them. And I'm like, who do we pick? I yeah, that's what I was doing. Who did we pick? <laughs> Whoops. My bad, boys. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> well, shit happens. Exactly. Shit happens. Well, what kind of shit is happening in the NBA there, Yosh? Well, we had a big-ass losing streak. And then we had a winning streak all by the same team. Eh. Yeah. Exactly. So the Houston Rockets are the first team in the NBA, NHL, MLB, or NFL uh, in, in their history to win seven straight games immediately following a losing streak of 15 or more games. That's Amazing. That's fucking crazy. So the Rockets lost 15 games straight, and then they turned around and won seven. Now they have since lost two straight. But winning, uh, winning seven back to back after getting your ass whooped for fifteen for a month and a half is, is not uh, not too shabby. So the seven game winning streak was the longest active streak in the NBA, but that streak was snapped on Friday night when the Bucks beat the Rockets. Yeah, those you, those fucking uniforms are horrible. Which ones? Man? The um, the Rockets. Yeah, but which ones? Rockets uniform. <laughs> well, they have like three or four different uniforms. Well, I mean, Kev, they, you gotta explain, man. They're 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 old school ish, like you know, I don't know, eighties ish. Well, okay, style. what color? What color are they? They they were darkish with the fucking stripes on. Them. Oh, I like those jerseys. <laughs> oh, those things are nasty. <laughs> I like that, man. They're fucking nasty. <laughs> oh fuck! How can it? Ah, uh, no, no, it's just they're gross. I mean, it just. I didn't like them then. I mean, why would they bring them back? It's just gross. Always bring shit back, man. Yeah, well, I mean, they bring the bell bottoms back, and I don't think that's right. I mean, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so he has a background in fashion. Just, I did not know that. I learned something. Me either. Uh, so that's it for the Houston Rockets, because it's the Houston Rockets, and that's <laughs> the only thing to talk about. I mean, it's still it was pretty impressive. It's impressive that it's over the four major sports, four major sure. North American sports. That's yeah, that's pretty. Like, crazy. what happened? Did they get someone back off injury, or did they fucking Just figure it out? Or things started clicking. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. It's time to get your head out of your asses, boys. Yeah, hundred percent. And like, they're rebuilding. Like, they're you know they're they're looking to trade some guys to to bring in more picks and shit like that. So. So the young players uh, are learning pretty much. They're exactly, progressing. yeah. Yep, 100%. All right. Nikola Jokic, Mr. Uh, reigning MVP. He records his 62nd triple-double this week, uh, 67 in his career, and that will move him into seventh place all-time in a tie with the beard, James Harden. And there's only... Uh, there's only two active players ahead of them in the triple-double list in Westbrook and uh, LeBitch James. And they've got a long way to go, both of those guys, Harden and Jokic, to even just catch LeBron. Uh, next guy up is Will Chamberlain at 78. They'll definitely both catch him. 
at some point. Um, getting to 100 is going to be a little bit difficult to, for both of them, I think. Definitely for Harden. Mm-hmm. He shouldn't be the Jokic. How old is he? Not that old, is he? he he's not as old as Harden, uh, but I'm not sure either of their ages, to be honest. Throw a number out there. <laughs> He's got a little uh, lit up on his screen. He probably does. <laughs> Do not. Harden's like early 30s somewhere. 32, 33. Yeah, Harden's. I was thinking 32 yeah. for Harden. Jokic and Jokic is probably like 30. Is he that old? I Ooh. might be 30. Uh, I don't know. Oh, you know I mean, what? Yeah, Fuck yeah, it. I... I'm going to say it. I'll say 32 and 30. You guys can fucking challenge me all you want. I do need the points. He's 26. Oh, For Jokic? Well, I'm glad nobody challenged me. How about Harden? Anybody? Anybody want to challenge at Harden? <laughs> no? I didn't, I, didn't check, I, didn't check, I didn't check that one. I, I, I was more curious about Jokic. I thought he was yeah. pretty young. But I, yeah, man. I didn't. I mean, he's... I already yeah, got he minus just, one. He kind of looks old, so... <laughs> anyway, they got a long way to go to reach Mr. Triple-Double, but... Um, you know, at least they're moving up. Now, LeBron, he has a hundred triple doubles, and he actually just recorded that this week as well. So he had uh, Jokic and and LeBron moving up this week. And uh, who knows? Next week you might have uh, you might have a back and forth fight between Jokic and Harden here. Every every other game, one guy's gonna jump up and then fall down. But but uh, like I said before, they're LeBitch. He's got a hundred and he's seven back from uh, number four with Jason Kidd. He'll catch Same. him, but it'll be, in, well, I don't think he'll catch Johnson magic. Sorry. Not this year. I don't know if he'll catch him. He's talking about playing with his son. LeBron is playing with Bronny. Yeah. And like Bronny's, I think he's, he's still in high school. So he's a few years away still. And he's talking about playing with his kids. So if he's playing four more years, there's definitely a chance if he can play at a high level. That's 38, and yeah, the high level is the hard part, or even just getting yeah. onto the court. I'm, I'm, well, yeah. I'm with Jesse on this one. 38 is a lot. He's only at 100. He's what, fucking 36, 37 now? He's had a long career. You said it before. We keep forgetting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. He's had a long career of fucking... How old did you say the bitch was? <laughs> Here it is. <laughs> he said 36 or 37. Oh. <laughs> I think he's 36. I think we talked about this before. I'm going to challenge. <laughs> Who are you challenging? <laughs> I'm challenging that he's uh, 37, not 36. Is it 36 or 37? <laughs> well, he has, a, he has a tattoo. He says established 1984 on his fucking shoulder. So it tells you right there that he's 37. Not if it was December fucking 26th. <laughs> <laughs> but who are you challenging here? Josh, I guess? I think I got Josh in regards to he said 36. I'm going 37. He is 36. Oh! Yeah! yeah! Guess when his birthday is. Oh, uh, fuck off. It has to do on a birthday. December <laughs> December 30th. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Oh, fuck. That's funny. (laughs) (laughs) And you're right. Yeah, 1984. You're right about that. (laughs) Oh, fucking right. All right. 
So anyway, so LeBron moves up to 11th all time in steals. Fuck you, bitch. Um, <laughs> and uh, 11th all time in the NBA in steals uh, with 2092. He just recently passed Carl Malone. And next up is Alvin Robertson, 2112. He's a long way away from number one. There's no fucking chance he makes number one. John Stockton at 3265. That's that's one of those ones that that, that might be untouchable. It really might. You look at you look at the the next closest active player is Chris Paul. He's got 2300. He's still 900 behind, and he's put in a fucking what 16 fucking years or something. Like he's you know he's played for a long time and he's not even close. So I, I think this is one of those ones that's pretty well untouchable. I mean, although that being said, a guy like Gary Trent Jr., who's young as fuck and has been on a tear with steals, maybe if he sticks around for 15 plus years, he could maybe do it, but I have my doubts. All right, moving on to another young player, both in age and his last name is Trey Young. He becomes just a third player in NBA history. You like that? Yeah. <laughs> it becomes just a third player in NBA history to score 25 points and 10 assists in five straight games. The three players are Jordan, Mr. Triple Double, and now Trey. So Ice Trey's next opportunity to make it to six games straight is Monday versus those Rockets. We don't know what, what Rocket team is going to show up, the good one or the, the bad the one. The losing but... streak Rockets or the winning streak Rockets. <laughs> yeah. We're not 100% sure, but uh, either way, Ice Trail have uh, have his chance. And then we got Giannis Antetokounmpo. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I said it right. I don't think he did. Antetokounmpo? Antetokounmpo. <laughs> Let's all try it. On Tentacoupo. Giannis. On Tentacoupo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just the Greek freak. There we go. The Greek freak. All right. So he now has the most blocks in Milwaukee Bucks history. He has passed Alton Lister, who had 804, and Giannis has 805 prior to Sunday's games, if they play, because I didn't look to see if he did. And the rest of the list uh, is pretty much guys you've never heard of, except for maybe Andrew Bogut or Kareem the, the Dream, Abdul Jabbar. And he's way down on the list with 495 compared to Giannis' 805. But just one more thing showing that Giannis is uh, dominating over there in Milwaukee. And he'll continue to do that. Too. He will continue to do that. Now, you know what's funny is a few weeks ago, I heard. Uh, a little something, something from him that said, he said that like even next year, he may not be in Milwaukee. He said he's going to do what's best for his family. He said that his, the goal was to win a championship in Milwaukee, bring Milwaukee a championship. He did that. And now basically it seems like he's uh, looking potentially to go elsewhere. Within the Toronto. Next, uh, hmm. I mean, that would be fucking cool if he was going to Toronto. But... Didn't he sign an extension after? Winning championship? I'm not sure. I thought he, sure. I thought you were right too, there, Peter. Maybe. Well, this is just something I saw a few weeks ago. He said, "Who knows? Who knows what could happen?" It's basically, trade, uh, maybe what he was. Yeah. So who knows? Which it's just interesting to you know because he has been a very uh, large advocate for Milwaukee and seemed like 
he always wanted to stick around in Milwaukee and to hear that maybe he'd be, uh, you know, not opposed to going somewhere else. I don't know. Maybe he wants to build something else somewhere else, you know, like take another shitty team and win them a championship. Like Jordan did way back when. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, Jordan didn't go anywhere and won a championship. He was drafted to the Bulls and won championships, but he didn't go anywhere to win a championship. Well, he left and came back. But he didn't and, win a championship and, anywhere and other than Chicago. But he left and came back. So he, he still won. Yeah, but he we're talking about going to a different Builders. franchise. Oh, and French. Oh, and oh, building yeah. up, building up a new, uh, a new one. My bad. Yeah, he didn't do shit in fucking um, Wizards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Washington. You're challenging, Peter. What? What? Oh, I heard. I heard somebody said challenge. No, I said Washington. Oh, <laughs> damn! I <might laughs> said challenge. <laughs> All right. Anyway, um, yeah, Giannis, big blocker, massive guy, huge. Yidge. Yidge. All right, my pick for uh, MVP. Got to talk about him again because he could have been our points of penalties weekly MVP this week. He'll probably be it next week. Hint, hint. Uh, Steph Curry is inching closer to taking over the top spot in all-time three-pointers made in a regular or over regular – any regular season, like combined, not, not one because that would be insane. <laughs> all-time. All-time, all-time <laughs> in the regular season. So – Curry needs eight three-pointers to overtake Ray Allen for the most three-pointers all time. Ray Allen has 2,973. He did it in 1,300 games, and Curry has 2,967, and he has done that in 787 games. That's wild. Yeah, I don't think that's going to be touched. I mean, like maybe the the amount of uh, three-pointers made might be touched, but not the amount of games. I mean, for, the, for him to do this in the amount of games where Allen had – 1300 like damn that's that's pretty fucking sick absolutely so who do you guys think is the best three-point shooter of all time like i mean ray allen was fucking great but uh, it's steph curry all day all day right like yeah. for yeah. me to say i agree based on yeah. the games like no question about it, no right? question you change the game so, yeah man hence the reason is why they should change the three-point line <laughs> here we go here we fucking go yeah, I think uh, I think he's gonna do it. He probably does it next game. Although he did, did didn't have a great game uh, last night, but I mean, uh, half the time he, he there's a whistle. He just chucked one up and it went in. I mean, he yeah. did that twice in a row. Yeah. And then when it was game on, no man. I think his his three point line was our three point shots were fucking ridiculous. The amount he took into the amount he actually sunk. Yeah, man. Pressure must have got to him. Well, and the Sixers were playing really good defense. They were smothering him and not letting. Yeah. They weren't letting him get the record against them. No, double team, man. All day long. That's all he did. I'm pretty sure he's going to get it next game. I'm sure he's. Seven? You think he's going to pop seven in one game? He needs eight to beat it. Seven to tie. Yeah. I think he's going to get it. It'll be tough, but I think he'll get it. I don't think he's going to get it next game. Well, he'll get it. Okay. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not next game, but he'll get it. By the next episode, yeah, yeah, for sure. By next episode, if there's two games prior, yeah. So his next opportunity is not until Monday against the Pacers. He gets it. 
<laughs> he gets it against the Pacers for sure. So we're all in agreement that Curry is uh, is the best shooter, or especially three point shooter of all time. With video game, question. video game. Yeah. Like Ray Allen was phenomenal, and lots of clutch, clutch threes. Uh, but it, it's the games that does it for me. Yeah, you know, man. You, Same you, here. You go down the list. You have Reggie Miller, who has twenty five hundred and sixty. He did it in thirteen eighty nine, and then James Harden has twenty five hundred nine, and he's done that in nine hundred and three. So that's fairly impressive. Uh, just Harden compared to Miller in the uh they're they're only yeah. you know 50 away 51 away and um quite the difference in games there as well yep Harden might even pass allen it'd be a shame if he fucking goes into what would have been the number one spot but he just happened to live at the same time as steph curry and... <laughs> yeah too bad for yeah that's gonna be tough That'll be tough. Uh, he's got a long way to go to catch Ray Allen, even right. Like he's got another four hundred plus. So four hundred. Well, that's yeah. that's a lot, man. It is a lot. He's at twenty five hundred. Doesn't mean that four hundred is not a lot. No, I know, but it's <laughs> not unachievable by any stretch. Yeah, fair enough. All right, a couple more things here in the uh, Nibba. So the, they have uh, some new vaccination rules. Some new vaccination rules. Uh, the NBA has informed teams this week that unvaccinated players will no longer be allowed to travel to Toronto to play games beginning January 15th. A new Canadian law mandates that all visitors entering the country must be vaccinated. In addition, any unvaccinated player with temporary visa status leaving the country will not be able to re-enter the USA. So for an example, a player that is somehow able to get into Toronto or Canada uh, to play, or if they travel outside of the U.S. on, say, All-Star Weekend, uh, they are not going to be able to re-enter the USA. The U.S. of A. Right, if they're unvaccinated. Hmm. Uh, so approximately 3% of the league's 500-plus players are unvaccinated, and players that are unable to play road games versus the Raptors will be subject to discipline, including fines and suspensions. Now, if I'm not mistaken... Most of the teams that will be coming into Toronto in the new year are fully vaccinated, and the ones that aren't won't be coming into uh, Toronto in the new year. They've already played them or what have you. So there really isn't uh, this really isn't a huge deal for any of the teams, any major team that's uh, coming into Toronto. But nonetheless, it's still a new rule. They're probably waiting for those games to get done, and then they're I would think so. Really- yeah. I would think so. So just one more thing. I'm sure that has, uh, well, I think the new Canadian law is, is likely because of this uh, new variant Omicron. They're uh, trying to nip it in the butt before it gets crazy and uh, not giving any VIP uh, exemptions to uh, athletes anymore, at least in basketball. Because I think in the hockey, they're just fine to come on in. Oh, no, they can't come in. They're all vaccinated. There's one player that's uh, that's right. Right. There's one player in the league right now that's not vaccinated and he can't come in. He can't come in. Yeah. Yeah. That's, is it Bertuzzi? Yep. Yeah. So, all right. uh, Raptors report. They played two games this week. They were one and one, lost against OKC, and they beat the Knicks. They were 12 and 14. 11th in the East. Still 21. 21 in the East. Sorry, 21. 
and these. So not shit hot, but uh, it's better than being 22, I guess. Right? <laughs> so the Raps have had five players in double digit, uh, double digit points versus both the Thunder and the Knicks. So versus the Thunder, uh, GTJ had 24 points. Siakam had 23 and 11 boards. 21. And- 21. Van Vliet had 19 points. Barnes had 18 points. And Boucher had 21 points. Right on. Is there an inside joke here that I'm missing? <laughs> what, you didn't listen to last week's episode, Pete? <laughs> nope. Well, there's 21. There's 31. Why can't we have 21? So why is it 11 and not 21? <laughs> or, or it, it was a, it was a Kev question and like it was just... <laughs> we went with it right all right <laughs> so anyway <laughs> so versus the Knicks uh Gary Trent at 24 points Van Bleed at 17 Boucher 14 Siakam 13 and 12 boards and Barnes 22 22 sorry <laughs> Barnes had Barnes had 22 points and a career high 15 boards and so if you guys uh, noticed while I was going through that, this, although the numbers were different, they're the same five guys. So I got a question for you guys. Do you think the Raptors have found their starting five? I hope so. I mean, I, that doesn't I, really answer my question. Kevin. Well, yeah, yes. I mean, with regards <laughs> to their, their last game, I would say yes. I would say no. So with, with their current lineup, you think that there's a better somebody would, better to I put would in? Take, I would take Boucher up and, and put in uh, Kem whenever he gets back. Well, okay, he's hurt. So. I know. <laughs> well, but like even when well, that's what he said going forward when, when he gets back, I would I would put him in there instead of like Precious hasn't even been horrible as of late either. But I don't know. Boucher's been he's kind of been this year more or less. But he's, he's starting to do better now. Like, yes, he's definitely uh, been playing much better as of late, for sure. Like that same lineup also lost a huge lead to OKC, who just fucking got demolished by the Grizzlies, right? Yeah, that's true. So I, it's it, it, that's just my thinking. I want a, a bigger body there because, like, he's tall, Boucher, but he's uh, he's skinny, skinny as a rail man, for mm-hmm. sure. So, well, Cambridge is hurt then. Do you think they can consistently win playing this small lineup? Like, they haven't really been consistently winning. No, but, uh, <laughs> but being that they've, they've put up some good numbers here, you know, like having five guys in double digits is great. So, you know, being that they've done that the last two games, that's about as consistent as it gets uh, for the Raps this year. So are they are they on a... Are they on a track to be more consistent this way? I mean, I got to see more, more or less for me. I, I, I don't know. I would still, I would throw, I guess, yeah, I'd, I'd roll with uh, Boucher starting for a bit, but I'd also keep uh, Precious in there a bunch. Yeah, I don't think you're going to see a ton of consistency out of this lineup. They're young guys trying to find their way. I think you'll see a lot of flashes of greatness and you'll see a lot of oof games. Yeah. What we talked about at the beginning of the year, like when they were winning a lot, like, and Precious was starting, 
do we just run with a smaller lineup when Siakam shows up? Well, and it seems like Siakam and uh, Barnes have really started to gel, and that is definitely a good thing uh, going forward. So, yeah, Siakam's definitely in game shape now. So, oh, yeah. I like watching those guys, obviously, Van Fleet and uh, Gary. He, he, those guys are awesome. But we, yeah, I, we need a center so badly. Yeah, man. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do think right now, like, you know, barring any more injury or what the guys have, what they have on the bench right now, this is the lineup. Um, and I think it's possible to consistently win until you run into a team that's got a Giannis, you know, a, a real big man. Uh, that's gonna that's gonna hurt us because uh, it's gonna be hard to uh, attack at the post. So, kind of on a sidebar here. So I've been talking about getting a fucking Scotty Barnes jersey, but man, I see the way that Gary Trent Jr. is playing, and I'm like, <laughs> I should be getting a fucking GTJ jersey. I want to get the fucking black and gold one with the old school Raptor on the front. But I don't know, man. I just don't know who to get. I don't know who to get. Any any thoughts? Who should I get, guys? I would I would get Barnes, but Barnes, yeah, yeah just because like, uh, is this l- the last season for Gary Trent? Uh, is he a free agent after this? I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not sure. sure either. He's very young too, though. He might be. He's yeah. like tw- he's like 22. Yeah, he's, Trent, he, yeah. He, he's super young for sure. But we he might we, be controlled even after it expires. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I know when we call also, him, he was also, restricted. Yeah. Also, you're gonna. There's probably gonna be more Scotty Barnes jerseys out there. So yeah. if you want to be different from unique. the yeah. from the pack a little bit, I'd yeah. say Gary Trent's the way to go. Yeah, but Barnes is heading for that rookie of the year. Yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll have to wait a little longer. I'm not. I'm not going out. Who knows? Santa might bring me something, so I can't get anything before Christmas. What if they bring you like <laughs> a, a money mode or um? Yeah, Mighty Mouse one. Well, as long as it's a purple jersey, then it's fine. All right. It's got to be fucking the original. Of- yeah, man, that'd be sick, right? To have that be. as a as a purple. It would be sweet, man. Yeah, I'd like the original. Would, I'd probably put it on my fucking wall in my basement. I'd probably yeah, yeah, wear I wouldn't it. wear it. Yeah. But he wants to wear it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and super fan. Now, Batia, he missed his first ever Raptor Non Tampa Bay home game on Friday night. Boo! Yeah, crazy. So so he was uh, he had to self isolate due to coming in contact uh, with potentially somebody uh, at the event called Giants of Africa. Somebody there, uh, I guess, ended up having it. So everybody was asked to self isolate. So Superfan doesn't have COVID, but is obviously following the direction of Ontario Public Health, and uh, he was watching the game at home on Friday night. And he put out a Instagram post, uh, just letting everybody know that he wasn't going to be there and uh, to cheer extra hard for him and that he'd be screaming and yelling at his TV from home, um, which I don't doubt by any stretch. So, uh, you know, sucks that uh, he missed his first game, but I mean, there's worse things that could happen. So <laughs> like, yeah. like you're rich. You've, you've made every single fucking home game ever. That you're gonna be okay to miss this one. Yeah, he gave his uh, ticket to Cal Penn. Right, who's playing him? That was the guy. That's Kumar. Yeah, who we were talking about last week. I couldn't think of his fucking first name, but it's Cal Penn. Yep. So, so Cal was there and got to watch. Uh, 
It would have been awesome if he was dressed like him then at that point, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> he's playing him. He's playing him in a in a in a documentary. So I mean, that would have been. He was he <laughs> was technically there then. In the that would have been funny. Look, the streak is not broken. I was there. Yeah, I was there in spirit. I was there in spirit. Yes. All right, and so the upcoming week for the Raps, uh, they are at home versus the Sacramento Kings. Loss. They are in Brooklyn against the Nets, and they are at home versus the Bulls and Warriors. Loss. All right, so uh, very optimistic. It's a tough week, (laughs) and I'm going to ask you guys if you fucking just wait a minute. (laughs) Can we get a split? Can we win two of these games? No. Kev has got a fucking adamant no. I don't think so either. I don't. I think they go. I think they steal a win, one for three. Yeah, you think they get one? I think they. I think they'll get one from Sacramento. Wow. I don't see them beating any of those. Well, I'm I'm saying they get the split because. I think they're going to beat the the, uh, Kings and I think they're going to beat the Bulls. The reason I say they're going to beat the Bulls is because they've got nine guys out on the COVID list right now. Nine Mm. fucking guys. So so they'll be playing. They might be playing when they get there. Well, either they're playing the G League team or if the, if the starters are back, you know, depending on if they've, if they have COVID or not, I mean, if they have it, they will probably won't be playing by then, but maybe they will be a little groggy or something. So. I'm just banking on the Bulls shitting about that game. Not not in game shape because they had the quarantine. Right? That's right. Gotcha. Exactly. Yep. That's what I'm hoping. Hopefully we get the uh, the split here, but it'll probably be a DeRozan revenge game. He'll go off to like fucking 50 points or something stupid. Yep. Sounds about right. <laughs> I wouldn't it be crazy if the fucking all the teams that the Warriors are playing this week just fucking destroy him defensively and he beats their record when he plays the Raptors <laughs> like next weekend. <laughs> I can't get eight fucking buckets. <laughs> anyway, that's it for the uh, the old NBA. A little bit longer this week. But uh, that's what happens when there's a bunch of uh, records and some news to talk about. So in a few minutes, we're going to get into our MVP and it has nothing to do with basketball. This week's points and penalties MVP is Marc-Andre Fleury, who joins Martin Brodeur and Patrick Waugh, Roy, as Kevin would say, as the only goalies with 500-plus wins in the NHL. Ooh, flowers. No doubt. But Fleury required the fewest games in NHL history to reach the 500-career win milestone with 901 games played. Besting Brodeur's 908 and Patrick Waugh's 933. Right. Brodeur is the all-time wins leader with 691. Waugh stands second with 551. And Fleury is obviously just over 500. Or at 500. Uh, The caveat here is that Brodeur and Waugh played in an era with ties. So if you assume that they win about half of their ties, Wa would be around 610 wins, and Berger would be up around 740. Jesus. Awesome. That was a huge yeah. increase for Marty. Yeah, so it is. Oh, it makes sense, fucking. 
Jersey would always play to the tie. Those fucking trap motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah. yeah man. <laughs> so you never know if they actually would have won half their ties or what. You can never sort of assume those things. They didn't uh, actually have in this. In this case, I would say that they're both good enough to win fifty percent of them for sure. Yeah. yeah. So a little bit of an asterisk, but still. Yeah, that's, uh, they, that's great. They all still count. So the third goaltender to ever join the five hundred win club, Mark Andre Fleury. Cheers to you. Cheers, flowers. Cheers. So, do you think, like, do you think he has a chance to beat? Patty, there's a chance for sure. Like, He's, so he needs 51 more. That's two more seasons, like the rest of this season and another season, another good season. Yeah, I mean Chicago's fucking not very good right now, Just but saying, they're not going to win fucking 10 games either. They're going to win hmm. whatever 30, 40 games, whatever it is. Right. Yeah, this could certainly happen. I don't know how many of that he's going to be the starter for if he's going to split some games whatever but it's certainly possible will he actually do it depends how long he plays yeah for sure he's he's been pretty solid his entire career though like he's had bouts of injury but like would you would you classify him as injury prone like i wouldn't not after getting no. 500 fucking no like, no no you know like I said, he's out for a, a hunk a hunk of time and then he's back for twice as long type thing so you know, before he gets hurt again. So I always thought he was a, maybe not, I didn't always think he was a great goalie, but he was always a good goalie and he would always come up big when he needed to. So that was a big thing I always found in the playoffs. He would, he could definitely stand on his head. He sure he might have a shit game when the Penguins were up two games in his playoff <laughs> series. He would have a shit one, but then would come back big time uh, and put up a stone wall the next time he'd come out. So, yep. And let's keep in mind, he just won the Vesna. And then uh, shortly after, got traded for basically nothing. Which is fucking crazy. Yeah, man. I mean, like, there was plenty of years as a Leaf fan in the past that I would have loved to have a guy like this. And for Vegas to just, like, peace out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You're too expensive. See ya. That's what the salary cap does to you. Oh, well. So to jump into a goalie who is often injured, injury prone, you might classify him. Ben Bishop has officially retired from the NHL. Uh, so back in October of 2020, he underwent surgery for a torn MCL in his right knee. And since then, he's made multiple comeback bids with the Stars, but uh, clearly wasn't able to overcome those injuries and has now officially retired. Huh. So during his 11 NHL seasons, 21, awesome. <laughs> 21 <laughs> NHL seasons, 21, as Kev would say, <laughs> trying to make it a thing. I don't think it's gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's gonna happen. Start somewhere, man. Yeah, it's man. Gonna start right here. <laughs> it's right. <laughs> if you hear anybody else out the street say 21, you know damn well they're fucking listening. There you go. Right on. We're talking to you out there. We yeah. want to hear. We want to hear those one ones and one one <laughs> So most memorably, memorably with the Lightning and the Stars uh, and short stays with the Blues, Senators, and Kings, Bishop nearly won 400 games in his career. Uh, he went 396, 222, and 128 with a fantastic 921 save percentage. 
and during four playoff runs, uh, totaling 52 postseason games, Bishop generated a tremendous 924 save percentage. He made it to the finals twice with Tampa in 2015 and Dallas in 2020, but never quite won that Stanley Cup. And like I said, career riddled with injuries, probably because he was such a big guy. He was a six foot seven goaltender. Holy fuck, really? Yeah, yeah, he's a big boy. Should be a basketball player, right? <laughs> or a fucking tight end. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was he was Berkey's kind of goalie. I mean, Burke loved those big ass tall goalies. So, do you know where he sits then? Just because to relate it back to uh, our old MVP here. So you said he's got nearly four hundred games won. So do you know where he is at on that list? Not a clue. No. Find out fairly quickly though. It's not top 10, but it's it's close. I think the thing I only had was top the top 10. So and only 11 seasons too. 21. Or 21, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck. <laughs> not even seeing his uh, in here. Hang on, hang on. Fucking challenge. <laughs> I'm looking at it, at it, but challenge. He doesn't have a fucking 400. I'm inclined to agree with you. Just <laughs> gotta edit everything out. <laughs> everything you just said was such <laughs> such a lie. Oh, what, the fuck? what kind of fucking source did I get this from? <laughs> oh, fuck. oh, fuck! I almost want to uh, leave this in. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta leave this in, at least partial of it. Uh, I don't know. This is rough. It makes us sound like idiots. <laughs> not, not us. Just one guy. <laughs> we were going along with it. For, we didn't ben do our, Bishop, our, our own. Ben Bishop, number 78. He has 222 wins. What the fuck? He got like he has, none of the numbers right. <laughs> he, has, <laughs> he has 413 games played. So if he won 400 of them, he'd be the best goal best of all time. Ever. <laughs> Well, Maybe you got your games played in confusion of his game. I win. stole this from somebody. I didn't <laughs> fucking write it. Uh, uh, I guess that's what happens when you use a bad source. Great. Know. Let's all nail this, right? ESPN's <laughs> on Yosh and fucking you on this one. Me on my other one. Whatever. Shit happens. All right. Minus one for Peter. God damn it. Oh, I was looking right no. at him, man. That's, I, don't <laughs> I don't think that's a challenge. No, I think I can't, I, I can't take a point there. I was looking right at it. So I went looking for it too, and I was like, yeah, yeah it's, it's not <laughs> no. I would love to take a point from you, but I can't. I'm not, I was looking right at it. Awesome. 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 Well, then you might don't you fuck might. up again. That <laughs> is very much wrong, though, whatever I fucking said. Oh. Is his safe percentage correct, though? Wait, I'm, I might challenge that one. No, I'm just. <laughs> So, yeah, that's weird because so I had four thirteen games played, two twenty two and one twenty eight losses, and thirty three shutout or shootouts. I guess okay, okay, is what I'm getting at. Yeah, they might just they might get a non decision in some games if he plays but doesn't play the whole game or whatever. But you got losses at two twenty two and or wins at two twenty two and one twenty eight, and that's that's right. Yeah. yeah. Like it's two twenty two wins and one hundred twenty eight losses, so your three ninety six number there is fucking weird. Moving on, 
So Anaheim's Trevor Zegras. Did you guys see this assist and the goal by Sonny Milano? That was unbelievable. That was unbelievable. It was a nice play, for sure. Rockets right up into the conversation for goal of the year. Oh, for sure. I mean, McDavid, get out of my fucking way. Maybe he's still up there. We know. <laughs> I mean, he's up there for number two, but this is definitely number, number one. I mean, th- th- this thing went viral. I mean, this oh, thing yeah. went viral as you have no idea of viral. It, it was unbelievable. It went viral for hockey. <laughs> no, it, it went viral for fucking roller skating. It went viral for fucking, you know, lacrosse. I mean, this thing went viral all across the fucking board. Yeah, they were last night on uh... – in the second intermission or something, first intermission during the hockey game, they were showing all these other players, teams, kids, uh, like Kevin said, sports. So lacrosse, there was a, a roller league that were, and they were all doing this uh, little flip pass. Kids. I mean, you're talking like little seven to six year old kids doing it. It was, well, it was pretty cool. That's what they want to see when they see a sports game. They want to see all, all the neat little tricks that they, they don't really, they don't care about like the, they care about the outcome of the game and uh, style points, right? Yeah. Got that room. Nobody yeah, cares sure. about the grinding anymore in the corners. That's right. No. It's, good to, it's good to grow the game. So in case you missed it, which I don't know if you're fucking living under a rock or something, but in case you missed it, Trevor Zegers had the puck behind the net and Sonny Milano was in front of the net and he was calling out, Michigan, Michigan, Trying to get Zegers to do the Michigan, which if you don't know is where you lacrosse the puck into the into the net, uh, which he sort of Zegers faked behind the net, but instead of actually coming around to the front and lacrossing it into the net, he just definitely flipped it over very gently, right in uh, right in Sunny Milano's strike zone, where he batted it right into the back of the net, below the crossbar, perfectly legal goal, beautiful. It was reviewed, but yes, it was it was done nicely. I would I wouldn't say it was below the crossbar. I would say it was at the crossbar. Like it was it was legal, but it was very very close. It to was close. Legal. Oh yeah, man. It took some time it was for that. Right at that line, oh, they were yeah. like, it was, couldn't get any closer. Oh yeah. Top but of the strike was, zone, but still strike. Fucking beauty. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Top of the zone. <laughs> so this goal. Like you said, it went viral. Great for growing the game. Everybody's fucking a fan of this goal, except for it seems like one guy. <laughs> the goalie? No. <laughs> okay, two guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure the goalie shook his hand. They have to like, like, damn. <laughs> yeah. I honestly thought at first that he bounced off the back of the goalie's head until they showed it like replay after replay. And I go, no fucking way. That was unbelievable. Yep, but unbelievable. I thought so too, Kev. I thought so too. Yeah, I thought so too. Who is that one? Yeah, who's that one guy that didn't like Torch it? Torch is the one guy that did not like it. He's, uh, he said, it's cool. It's cool to watch and all that, but I'm not so sure it's good for the game, and I stand by that. So he's of the mentality that... You're a fucking game, idiot, is what his mentality is. He's an idiot, yes. He's of the mentality that uh, the game is meant to be physical and hard. And this kind of uh, skilled play is not what hockey's meant to be. And frankly, he's flat wrong. Yeah, fucking right, he is. This is exactly what hockey is evolving into and should be. This is what grows the game. And fucking one day, maybe gets the players paid like the other three major big sports in the 
uh, North America. I mean, they get paid. They just don't get paid like them. <laughs> I know. But I, I think this is ridiculous what he's saying too. Like, he, like you can tell like why he doesn't get along with younger players. Yeah, yeah. He, like, just saying it's not good for the game. Right after the guy had just said it grows the sport for sure. Yeah. It's, <laughs> but he's it's not good for the game. Yeah. Yeah. What what I also love too about this this play is that their reactions on the bench, where it was just that was just like another a big fucking spotlight upon like holy shit it actually worked. Yeah, you could tell that this was planned. Like maybe not necessarily to do it right then and there, but yeah, they had definitely said, Practice. "Hey man, if I ever call Michigan, you fake this or or whatever." And yeah, because to me, it from from what I saw and from all the you know, reporters, commentators and whatnot talking, it's it, they definitely thought it was was a planned thing where at some point he was going to yell Michigan, Michigan, and it meant to fake it and just flip it up and over and give it a whirl. Yeah. And it fucking worked. Yeah. It's, it's so fucking cool, man. I love all this shit. I love when, like, you know, the first time, I think it was Crosby when he did that leg kick on the, on the, uh, the, the shot. Wasn't like, a, I don't think it was a breakaway. I think it was a, no, shootout it was a shootout. Or penalty kick, a penalty shot or whatever. And that fucking just blew up. And now everybody started doing it. And then you get the one, you know, you put the stick between your legs and then still make the shot. And, yeah. you know, it, like this is, like you said, Pete, this is what grows the game. These, these cool things that the that kids can think they can do and can try and can try and can try to, to be able to do it. And it, it, like you said, it grows the game. Some kid that has no fucking idea about hockey, he sees this, he's like, "Holy fuck, that was awesome!" Yep. And now he's a big time hockey fan, you know. And this is this is what the game needs. Yep. Yep. Exactly. So, Torch, you're an idiot. Yep. <laughs> no, Torch, you're a fucking idiot. There you go. <laughs> Moving on to the Canucks, they have fired GM Jim Benning and head coach Travis Green, which came after. I'm going to say months of their fans chanting fire bending, fire bending at all their home games. But finally happened. I wish the Bears would figure that shit out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so they've hired Jim Rutherford as president of hockey operations. Rutherford will act as the interim general manager. Uh, he was inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame as a builder in 2019. He's won Stanley Cups with the Carolina Hurricanes and the Pittsburgh Penguins. And Rutherford had input into the hiring of their new head coach, Bruce Boudreaux. Bruce, there it is. Bruce, there it is. <laughs> who has replaced uh, Travis Green, who got fired. I love both of these hires. I love them yeah. both. Yep. Yeah. I, I think it's great. You know, you got Rutherford has been, well, when you go into a Hall of Fame as a builder at any point, you know, you're a good, uh, you're a good front office guy. He was great in Pittsburgh. And and he's going to be uh, he's going to be just as good here at the Canucks, and then same with Bruce Boudreaux. The guy is he's a great fucking coach, and if if they can make the uh, the team fall into his uh, his mode of play and his style, that's great. And he, they're going to win some games. You know, I, I never was never sold on this Travis Green. Like he was a Maple Leaf, and he was shit. Like he was okay. <laughs> like there were sometimes he was okay, but for the most part, he was shit. Like you're get, you're bringing in a mediocre player to be your coach your i think if when you bring in a mediocre player you're gonna get mediocre results oh uh, i don't think it works that way uh, keep, it does for keep, me keep in mind wayne gretzky tried to be a coach one time and uh that did not work out 
So he was just too high of himself. He was like player success does not always <laughs> translate to coaching success. The two are not the same. Well, in this case, it did because Green <laughs> wasn't that great as a player, and he was even worse as a coach. Brudeau's won three. Well, I don't know if they've played like lately, but from what I last saw, they've he's won three in a row with regards to being uh, the coach right now with the Canucks. Good start. Yep. That's why I was yelling, Bruce, there he is. <laughs> Bruce, there he is. Bruce. So after all these hirings and firings were announced. <laughs> you guys remember Brucey from the longest yard? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> Must have popcorn before. <laughs> no, and it's these eight point fives, man. <laughs> Six point nines. <laughs> so after the hirings and firings, uh, Canucks owner Francesco Aquilini tweeted, "Gotta love media in Vancouver." Two weeks ago, it was, "What's wrong with Aquilini? Why isn't he clearing house?" Can he see it's a disaster? Why is he so slow to act? Two weeks later, why is he moving so fast? Why is he cleaning a house? Can he see it's a bad look? Kind of funny, actually. That is pretty funny. So did did he clean house because the media was pressuring him? <laughs> uh, that may be part of it, but it was also the right thing to do. For sure. For, sure. For sure. It was it was needed. <laughs> it's a bit of a bit of a train wreck in Vancouver right now. Hopefully they can get it back on the rails. But we'll see. We'll see what uh, Rutherford. Now Rutherford's like seventy-two years old or something, so they obviously need a general manager to handle more of the day-to-day management, and he'll be there for uh, big decision making, which is probably a good system. Probably have someone to take o- uh, the person's helping him take over after whenever he uh, he quits or whatever. Because like, how many seventy-two-year-old GMs are there? Uh, I don't know if there are any, but I <laughs> could be around. As Lou, Lou might be a GM. Lou's up there for sure. Yeah, he's definitely that age, and I just don't know if his title is actually GM anymore. Yeah, he might be president or something to that. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. There might be some that are that age, but he's old as fucking in the front office. But yeah, it, exactly. it's pretty rare. It's pretty rare to <laughs> have pretty rare that old. So let's talk about the Olympic protocols that may be put on NHL players if they go to China for the Olympics. So the IOC states uh, says that any confirmed positive COVID-19 case at the Olympic Games must produce two negative tests 24 hours apart. Otherwise, the quarantine period can last from 21 days up to five weeks in accordance with Chinese law. So Chris Johnson on Twitter wrote that this would obviously be problematic for NHL players who aren't required to be paid by their teams should they miss time on the back end of the Olympics. Uh, a call involving the IOC, IIHF, NHL, and NHLPA medical personnel is expected soon to review these matters. So that's not good. This may become a roadblock for what looked like a definite NHL participation and the first best-on-best international hockey we've seen since Sochi back in 2014, which I'm, I don't know about you boys, but I was very excited for. Of course. So hopefully they figure this out and uh, it can be resolved such that NHL players can go and they're not worried about like losing 
five weeks of pay because that could be a significant amount of money for these guys. I don't know if that would actually happen or not, but it's a risk that's there that may deter some players from wanting to go to the Olympics where it sounded like they were all full steam ahead, ready to go. Yeah, especially if you've, like maybe you're somebody that already has uh, had COVID previously, and so maybe you're maybe more susceptible. I don't know if you'd be more or less susceptible uh, to potentially getting to getting it, or at least uh, to producing positive tests, uh, whether it be false negatives or, or false, sorry, false, false positives or what have you. Or maybe you're somebody that is, even though you know all these guys are athletes, they like, could still be somebody that's more susceptible to to becoming infected. So. It, it is a tough, it is a tough goal for these, these players. Now it's like, yeah, you want to go. Yeah. You want to play for your country and, and have all that pride there, but you gotta, like you said, is the cash, you know, there's the cash flow issue. There's the just being fucking quarantined for five fucking weekends in, in China, <laughs> in China, uh, you know, and that's tough and that's tough. I, I hope that the players will still say I'm a play. You know, I'm not going to worry about this. I'm still going to play, but it's hard to say. It really is, and I, I agree. I'd, I would have. Uh, I'd really like to see some best on best international action, and hopefully, we still get to see that. But it's hard to say at this point. Well, Bettman did basically also state out there that these guys, if they do want to go, they're not going to stop them from going. Because uh, I know. Um, well, yeah, he already they, had a backlash on that. Yeah. So. Batman just basically again said, you know, we've promised the the um, Olympic um, that we would let these players go. So if they do want to do so, that's up to them to do it. So it's yeah. ball, yeah. So I, I I'd like to see it too, but taking that that risk, man, I don't know. I mean, fuck, be there for five weeks, that would suck. Yeah, man, for sure, that would be tough. I mean, like they're reviewing it and. There will be some power, I think, here saying, like, listen, you got to fix something of your law here or there because this is this is ridiculous. Like, they, they pick who's going to host the Olympics, right? Like, Chinese, the Chinese might lose out on this now, now from now on if they don't have this law addendum or something, right? Well, China's not getting the Olympics for a long fucking time now. They've had it two, two times in the last, what, 10 years? like right but so but i understand what you're saying like, yeah it definitely hurt their chances in the in the future yeah but i just i just think that like they'll review this and come i think they'll be a, a come to an understanding of something different i would think because this is this is a little ridiculous the 21 days or to five weeks yeah and i i think the point that uh, josh made earlier is people that have tested positive previously like when I test positive, they told me you don't take another PCR test because you're going to test positive for like two months, huh. even though you're symptom free and you're not transmitting it anymore. It's still you still test positive, so that's that's probably what the what one of the main worries is. Hmm. Anyway, hopefully it all gets worked out and uh, we can see some best on best hockey and nobody gets stuck in China. So knees and suspensions, we have to talk about. Well, Kev's knees aren't the greatest. Nope. I blew mine out playing some fucking hockey. What else do you <laughs> want to talk about? I was suspended in school a bunch. Oh, fuck yeah. Anything else you want to talk about <laughs> knees and suspensions or what? Yes, there is. So in the Leafs versus Jets game, I believe on 
Sunday last week, whatever day it was. Game started getting a little bit out of hand. Original. Which started with, I don't know if you guys saw this, but there's a penalty on Matthews and Dubois to coincidental minors for roughing, where Dubois basically rode Matthews like a fucking horse and took him to the ground and was all over him. After like probably 20 seconds, Matthews finally pushed back a little bit and got him off of him, and they both got coincidental minors. It was ridiculous. If you watch the video, it's ridiculous. Should have never been a penalty on Matthews, but it was. And in the ensuing four-on-four, uh, Rasmus Nani took a shot on net, and after the shot had been released, uh, Neil Pionk came at him and hit him knee-on-knee knee in a dirty play and injured Sandy. Now, here's what I want to ask you, though, Pedro. Did the refs have any control of this game at that moment? No. Okay, carry on. So there's no call on the play which was an obvious knee, and he had just shot the puck. So I don't know what the refs were looking at. If they couldn't see that that was an obvious knee, but like you said, it's out of control at this point, or like I said. Uh, it ended up being a two-game suspension for Pionk for that knee on Sandine. Sandine is still out, injured. Uh, he's expected in two to three weeks to return. Lucky it wasn't worse than that. Uh, so later that game, Jason Spezza, who was seeing, uh, seeing red, after seeing his young player on his team get taken out and injured by Neil Pion. Because refs were not doing what they're fucking supposed to do. Because the refs were not doing their job. So Spezza went to uh, lay a hit on Pionk. And Pionk at the same time flopped down to the ground to try and get the puck out of the zone with his hand. And Spezza caught him pretty good uh, with his hip and his knee hit his head. And uh, Spezza was suspended six games for that. Needed the head. Also, no call on that on that hit. Ridiculous. Both of those should have been major penalties. Well, I mean, if if Pionk's call would have been, then then this wouldn't have been an issue with going on with Spezza. If a proper call had been made on the Pionk knee, Spezza would not have been inclined to take matters into his own hands, and this would have right. never happened. And luckily, Pionk was fine after the hit, and he didn't get seriously hurt, and no one but Sandy got injured in all this. But the refs could let it get out of control, and the uh, player's health was at risk. So the game was ref by Brad Meyer. It's the same ref from, if you remember, game two of the Bruins Leafs series back in 2019, which very similarly, the game got way out of hand. Nothing was being called. The Bruins were taking all kinds of liberties on the Leafs. Uh, the Leafs had won game one uh, in a pretty handy fashion. So the Bruins decided to play physically in game two, and the refs decided to call them basically nothing. Uh, so the game continued to escalate, escalate, escalate. Uh, after a bad hit on Patrick Marlowe by DeBrusque, uh, Kadri decided to take things into his own hands and cross-checked him. Pretty stiffly right in the face. Right in the face. Right in the face. In the face. And you can't do that. That got him suspended for the rest of that series. A series which they went on to lose in game seven, which is probably what I wanted if Kadri was in the game because he was playing was great at the time. It's not that funny, Yosh, but yes, it was. Oh, that was hilarious. Of course it was. 
Of course it was. So, Brad Meyer, call the fucking penalties, please. So this stupid shit sounds like a happening. It was very close. So I was just going to ask, do you think that these suspensions are long enough, too long? Uh, like, obviously, Spets is appealing. Oh, and, I hope Spets is appealing. And we know appealing. that you can't fucking play hockey if you're appealing. <laughs> <laughs> but, but correct. do you think these uh, these suspensions are the correct line? I don't. I do not. Say, I do not. Right, first off, I mean, this is basically, I think, personally, Spets' very first suspension. In regards to 1,203 games for this guy to never have a suspension, he gets six games, and I mean, he gets that, that whatever maximum fine, but six fucking games for your very first. I don't know what they, I don't know what who the fuck had this. This, I mean, it's just mind boggling to me, boys. I mean, for him to get six, Marchant's a repeat, repeated offender, gets three for a slew foot. I, I would say no better than three to four games for Spets on his very first incident. Yeah, and that, the Spets incident, I think he was trying to lay a, a oh, big hit he, on. He had on. intent. He had definitely intent and injured. But I don't think he was trying oh, to you, in the head. I, I think so. I was, totally think so. No, I, think he was I, I think that's a result. That's because Pionk tried to play the puck with his hand, and he flopped out. I think Spets went in for total injury and an intent to sit there and and fuck this guy up. I think I agree. I think he went in to hit him hard. And no, I know. I I think his knee was like purposely driven into his head. So then, wouldn't you get the six games if you think it's purposely going into his head? <laughs> and it is retaliation I, too. Right? It was it's, for sure retaliation. Like they're. Gonna I mean, like they give you more more games when you retaliate against when you're your second man in right they give you the, the punishment is always worse worse but i mean again i think with spezza seeing these calls not being called and just like you said pedro his his vision went complete red if the refs are not going to make any calls i'm going to take this game into my own hands and i'm going to fuck this guy up and i i agree that he went into with an intention but for first and first time ever doing anything i think his sixth game is too much See, I think if he's going in with an intention, then six games is six games. Like, but I if I, I haven't seen it, but if Peter's saying like because he went down to get the puck and he hit him in the head, then that's too many games for a first time uh, offender. I think it's too many for sure. I don't know how many he should have gotten, but like six games, six game, six games for first time offense and. You know whether you it, whether you agree or or think it was intentional or not. I don't know. I'm thinking I'm thinking three games would probably be a fair thing. So so now what happens if so he's appealing? Now we know that the NHL is dumb and you can't play during your appeal process. But like, what happens if this appeal process goes past the six games? Like, then he got fucked in it, right? right. He got royally fucked. <laughs> At least he'd get his money. Yeah. He'd get yeah. the game money for that. But like. But he gets paid like fucking less than you. Well, do. let's He's not get carried away here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe less than you, Pete, but okay, maybe not that much. But he's he's at league minimum, yeah. which is fucking awesome. Spets is the best. He's just taking league minimum contracts and playing way yep. above them because he wants to play he for the least. He wants to win, so he's not losing that much money. No. If that's any consolation. Like Pionk lost more money on two games than he lost in six. For sure. Can we just can we get all get on the same page here and start calling him Pionk? 
Pionk. Pionk. I don't know why. I just every time somebody says Pionk, just got to make an extra noise. I don't know. Pionk. I mean, seems. I mean, if we go twenty-one, why um, not? Twenty-one. Yeah, exactly. What number is Pionk? Twenty-one or one <laughs> I don't know. I think it's a single digit of some sort. Four, maybe. It's yeah. four. Then it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. He's a fucking, he's a pleb anyway. So yeah, the result of all this, the only player that's actually hurt out of all this is Sandine and Pionk. Only got, <laughs> oh, only got, only got a two-game. Listeners are going to love that in their ear. So a few nights later, in the Winnipeg Jets' very next game, Ian Cole knees Mark Shifley and gets a five-minute major penalty on the play and a game misconduct. This knee was also reviewed by player safety afterwards, but he was not suspended. He was assessed a $5,000 fine, which is the maximum allowable under the CBA. So we have three knees, two to the knee, one to the head. One got a two-game suspension and no call. One got a six-game suspension, no call. One got a $5,000 fine and a five-minute major and a game misconduct call. Wildly inconsistent. Bullshit! (coughs) <laughs> Sorry. It's fucking bullshit. And I agree with you, Kev. And God, God bless you. And uh, yeah, yeah, Shell needs to fucking straighten his shit out here. fucking new. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, man, they change the fucking rules every year. There's always fucking massive issues every year. Garbage league and be more of a professional league country consistently. Moving on to the Leafs. They are two and two on the week. Did you guys see? Kyle Dubas's face after David Camp scored with a minute something left in the game against Chicago to take the lead, scored on a lucky bounce into an open net, very likely going to win the game. Happy moment. And if you saw Kyle Dubas's face, it, it was, was fucking priceless. priceless. He didn't look, it was priceless. He didn't look happy no, at all. He just, yeah. He shook his head. He walked away. Because he knows they had no business winning that game after they were up. Yeah. Four to one early in the game, just like in 2013 against Boston. But who else talked about that? Up four to one, blew that lead. Chicago came back, tied the game, four four. The Leafs were lucky to win off a lucky bounce late in the game. It was a stanchion. It was like, you know, you know, a home ice advantage kind of deal. That's great. And, and, Dubas knew he could tell that they did they had no business winning that game after blowing yep. that four one lead. You could tell he was like, You gotta be kidding me. Like right. and he was just shaking his head, but that's how the I wouldn't have been surprised ends. if you if they showed this uh Blackhawks GM at the same time, they would have had the same fucking reaction because it was yeah. both like you gotta yeah. be fucking shitting me. Like, how does that go in? Or how does it bounce Thanks. off of it yeah. and then go in? Yeah, it was yeah. So I went over to Kev's last night to uh, to hang out, watch some hockey and whatnot. And so we were watching that, and both of us like just howling at the same time when we see Dubas's face. Of course, we cheer because it's a goal, and then we're both like, "Oh, look at his fucking face!" He's like, "You can't, you gotta be shitting me! I can't believe that went in." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they need to fucking get their shit together defensively, and obviously they have some guys out. They needs out, Dermot's out. We'll get to that in a minute. A lot of turnovers, though, bud. I mean, watching that game, too, I I just so many fucking turnovers. It was disgusting. Yeah. You know what, though? Mrazek played pretty well. Like, he let the first goal, first shot in, first goal, and then he played pretty well. 
He had some fucking huge oh, saves. I mean, we we saw the that, one. That game could have been fucking. We saw the five. one where he just lifted up his fucking pad and just. Oh, that was like massive yeah. save. It was just you know he, he was lights out for a while, but then you know third period happened and Leafs are Leafs. <laughs> That's a good yeah. term. Leafs are Leafs. <laughs> <laughs> so, in brighter news, there was the debut for. Alex Steves and Christians Rubens with the Maple Leafs. Now, Steve's parents were literally on a plane. I think they're out of Nova Scotia or something. They were on a plane back home from Toronto, and they heard that their son was going to be making his debut that night. They were literally on the plane and got off the plane while they were still on the ground. They didn't. <laughs> yeah, jump from one to the other. And they were able to make it to the game and uh, watch their son play his first game. So that's that's a cool story. First point a few games later, not that same game, but uh, against Chicago on uh, on a goal by Pierre Engvall. So he's got his uh, first point puck. Good for Alex Steves. And Christian Drubens. So he, he's a good story. He was undrafted, and he worked his way up from the ECHL all the way up to making his debut in the NHL. And he is the first Latvian to ever play for the Maple Leafs. Oh, huh. Huh. You, know, you know, there's huh. only one Australian in the NHL. Uh, I did know that. I think he got a hat trick yeah. recently, too. Yeah, the only yeah. Australian. Fucking blew my mind when I heard that. Only one of them, eh, mate? Yeah, man. And got a hattie. And <laughs> got a hattie, mate. Anywho. So, to the injuries we discussed earlier or mentioned earlier. Uh, so, Mitch Marner if you didn't notice, is out for three to four weeks after a collision with Jake Muzzin in practice. So that is unfortunate to have one of your in top practice? four practice? Three to four weeks. After Man, practice. Yeah, not the game. Practice. Not the game we love, but it was about the practice. Man, how dumb are you that you get hurt in practice? Well, hard. how dumb are you to hit someone enough to hurt them? I think that's practice. what it was, because Marner was yeah. fucking pissed. He was livid. I saw that, too. He went yeah. right up to him. Like, he's just wanted to kick his ass. He fucking should have. I mean, like you're, again, you're talking about practice. We're not talking about the game you love. Not the game. Like, we're talking about the practice. Not the game I score 40 points in. Oh, that'd be pretty <laughs> impressive for Marner. <laughs> <laughs> we're, talk- we're talking practice. He's going to have that red shirt on the next time. Yeah. Uh, Travis Dermott is out. Uh, I don't know for how long or what happened to him. I haven't been able to find many details at all on why he's out. Some fucking insider you are. (laughs) (laughs) I got the inside scoop, baby. He's hurt. Is it with an upper body or lower body? Don't know how long. (laughs) Don't know. Actually, I I think it's a shoulder. I think it's an upper body. But I don't know how it happened or where it happened or when it happened or how long he's out. So no. it is a shoulder in his place on IR on Saturday. So he's out for a while. Yeah. When he comes yeah. back, and Rasmus Sandin, obviously, after the kneeing by Neil Pionk. <laughs> Pionk! Yes. It's almost as good as 1E1. Is out for two to three weeks. That's uh, 1E4 <laughs> days to 21 days. <laughs> <laughs> better news Matthews has entered the rocket race he is currently third tied for third behind Ovechkin and Dreisaitl and is very much in the race for the rocket Richard 
in back-to-back years, which is good to see because he missed the first week of the season. And he started a bit slow after he did make it back in, but he is firing on all cylinders right now and is uh, right back in that rock brace. Yeah, he had like five or six shots last night, and all of them were dangerous, dangerous chances. And there was lots of times Kevin and I were on the edge of our seats jumping up because you thought he fucking scored. Uh, you know, one from the point, he fucking let a wrister go at like 89 mile an hour or something like they said. And he just hit the fucking Ding. the corner right where the post hits the crossbar. Like he picked the corner, just missed it by oh, yeah. just by a sea hair. But and, <laughs> you can see it. Can we can we see it? Uh, I did see hair. <laughs> Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> and so he, yeah, you're right. He's he's firing on all cylinders, and he's uh, he's been looking great. But like I said, every fucking shot was like, "Holy fuck!" He, he scored. No, he didn't. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. He is a man among boys out there. Uh, but he's not the only one having a quietly very good year. Morgan Riley on the back end is near the very top of the league and assists by defenseman. Uh, after signing his big extension, sometimes you see a player slow down after they get paid. Not Morgan. He is currently third with uh, 21 assists behind Hedman's 22 and Fox's 24. So right up in that group near the top of the league in assists by defenseman. Good. Yeah, good, good money well spent. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Hopefully, as long as it doesn't downgrade in the later years. Uh, there's a minor league trade. Uh, the Chicago Blackhawks acquired forward Curtis Gabriel from the Leafs for uh, defenseman Chad Chris. Uh, the 23-year-old Chris, a former second-round pick by Chicago in 2016, is looking to make his NHL debut. He's played in 64 AHL games with Rockford, uh, collecting two goals and 13 assists. Uh, I assume this move is just because of the injuries that they've had on defense, trying to just get a little bit of extra depth in case they need it. Uh, and it's just a minor league deal. Not all that newsworthy. Why are we talking about it then? Because it's a lease oh, okay, deal. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> and the Leafs have tied a franchise record with multiple power play goals in five straight games. Matching the feat from December 1981 and January 1993, over the last five games, the power play is 56% effective which is good for best in the NHL over that stretch, which is wild. Usually a good power play is around 25% effective. So to be double that, they are for sure firing on all cylinders, Uh, which is a little bit surprising because Mitch Martin's not in the lineup. Maybe he's expendable. Maybe on the power play. But (laughs) you can see how they are at five on five with him not in the lineup and giving up a 4-1 lead. No bueno. Power plays are doing good. Defense is doing bad. Lots of injuries. But the Leafs continue to be near the top of the league. Although they are right up there with Tampa and Florida. And odds are, unless they can finish top of the division, they're going to play one of those two teams in the first round. They're probably hit thousands. <laughs> but we'll see how that happens when it happens. And that's all I have for the NHL. I have something what? to add, if you don't mind. I do actually. <laughs> We're buzzed. <laughs> well, just kidding, Kev. Just kidding. Please. Uh, I would just like to share that um, with Colorado's, you know, games that they've had in the last three have put up seven goals. 
So there has only been four teams that have done so, so far. Um, Chicago in 1991 have put up seven plus points in three straight games. Detroit in 1992, Pittsburgh in 1995, and as I stated, Colorado in 2021. That's pretty, that's pretty sick to sit there and have, you know, three straight games and have seven plus goals. But how many did they give up? Don't know how many they gave not, up. Not as many as they scored. Probably. But I think that's pretty cool for any, you know. Yeah, we're talking about here team. them scoring here, Peter, not how much they gave up. Well, they gave up <laughs> once to Toronto, right? That, that's that, yeah. So that's what you're giving, getting to add is. <laughs> but the other one was like a 7 3 win. And then I right. don't know what the other one they was. Seven so, fours yeah. or whatever. They, but, you know, it's just pretty cool. I hear you, though, Pete. They're still giving up three or four goals, right? It's not like they're, they're scoring seven and, and shutting teams out. Right or or limiting to one, so they're not being they're being dominant offensively, but defensively not so much. Okay, so as a whole, they yeah, as a whole, they're not that impressive. But on offensive side, offensively, it's very impressive. Yeah, way to throw that some shade out there, Peter. (laughs) That's what I do. (laughs) Thanks for that. That's a uh, that's a good stat. Good feet by the Colorado Avalanche. After, yes. after giving them shit because they gave too much goals. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes in Colorado, the mountains have, uh, you know, some some landslides. So we're going to slide on into the MLB. This is going to be real quick, real quick, because there's fuck all to talk about in the MLB. Obviously, we get the lockout. Pete, maybe you were out, out to lunch. You weren't, weren't sure what happened, but uh, the, the league locked the players out last uh, last week. They said... No, no more baseball for you. Yep. I just hope it doesn't last into the season. Well, that, that was the question that Josh had asked all of us. When do you think this would be reconciled? Yeah, when do you see the lockout ending? Well, off the top of my head, I have no fucking well, idea. But I'm just gonna say that I hope I hope it happens before the start of the actual season so that we don't miss any. Blue Jays baseball, where they are looking like they're just turning the corner to becoming a contender. So you think that it won't be before or during spring training? It'll be like right at the beginning of the season, which obviously is in spring training. But you're thinking it's like that last week type thing before the regular season starts? Honestly, I have no idea what they're even fighting over, but I'm going to say they get it done before spring spring training starts. Again, if you would have listened to last week's episode, (laughs) you'd know what they were arguing about. I mean, I was driving for several hours at a time. When would I have a time to listen to I mean, probably. On the way where you're driving. Probably while you're driving. (laughs) Oh, wait. Oh, right. right. Huh. Support this channel. All like subscribe, Pete. Come Did on. we give him a bunch of PNP like stickers out there? Fuck, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we should have. We should have. We'll, or- we'll order you some out there and send it to you. Could have, could have spread some influence in the east. Could do. Could do. All right. Anyway, let's get into this baseball ship. So, all I got is the 2022 Hall of Fame class. They've announced the early baseball era uh, inductees as well as the Golden Days era inductees and that's about it uh i'm going to save talking about the more recent players that are either on their first uh first time ballot or on their final ballot uh for a later date as those won't be chosen by 
you know, the people that choose, uh, you know, the media and whoever have that, uh, have that vote, which certainly isn't us, but I'll, I'll save that for a later date. Cause that's not until, uh, until the summer. So there's uh, we're going to need lots of stuff to talk about in baseball for the next few months <laughs> during this lockout. So, so I will go over the early baseball era and the golden days era electees. And, uh, there probably won't be too much to talk about, about these guys. Cause it was all well before our time, just a little bit before Kev's time. Yeah. So the early baseball era uh, inductees this year are Buck O'Neill. He was a three-time all-star and a 1942 world series champ and Bud Fowler who played in the late 1800s. He played 10 pro seasons, which was a record for black players prior to Jackie Robinson beating that 10 season in his last season with the Brooklyn Dodgers. Uh, both those players are, came from the Negro leagues. Uh, then your golden days era electees. You got Jill Hodges, who was a five-time all-star, three-time gold glover. Jim Cat was a three-time all-star, 16-time gold glover. Pretty good defensively, I'm, I'm assuming. Uh, Minnie Minoso, who has a nine-time all-star, three-time gold glover. I got one of his baseball cards, actually. It's in really rough shape, but I was like, ah, I better keep this. And now he's in the Why hall. Not? Now he's in the hall. I might be worth a buck now. <laughs> and uh, Tony Olivia, he's a six-time all-star, three-time batting title. And those are your uh, six inductees so far into the 2022 class. And again, we'll, we'll, we'll eventually talk about the, uh, the more recent players who you guys are going to know a little bit more about Roger Clemens, Sammy Sosa, Barry Bonds, uh, those type of guys. And then, you know, David Ortiz, Alex Rodriguez, they're all on this ballot. And we have talked about them in the past uh, during the 2021 uh, ceremony or that week, we had chatted about it a bit seeing if you guys think that uh, these cheaters will end up making the, uh, the hall of fame in their last uh, year of eligibility on the main card. We're not going to get into it now because it's already been a long show and we want to keep oh, some. I was going to say, like, I mean, if they're going to, man, if they're going to sit there and put in like, uh, you know, Sammy Sosa's cork bat, you know, and himself in the hall of fame, Pete Rose deserves to be there. I mean, it's hard to it's hard to argue there, Kev. With that, it's just just because if you're gonna let one cheater in the game, beaten you know, bastard. But like Pete Rose didn't really cheat. He just, I guess he cheated because he was throwing games or helping to throw games uh, with his his gambling. But initially trying to throw games, I'm sure he didn't tell his team to lose. He just put a team on the field to lose. As a coach, you're saying, as a yep. manager. I mean, this is uh, this is probably a conversation for another day. I just feel like I didn't I didn't research enough into Pete Rose, and I knew that you were going to ask about it, but I was like, "Fuck Kev this time." <laughs> <laughs> just immediately uh, ends the MLB talk. Yep. Right that's it. That's nope, it. we're done. No, we're done. No, so like I said, we will definitely touch on these guys. We've got a couple months here of very little to talk about in baseball, especially with this uh, lockout. So once, obviously once the lockout is ended, there'll be all kinds of shit to talk about, but the, the teams can't do a damn thing. They can, they can do, uh, they can get managers. They can do, they can get training staff, but they can't do anything with the players. They can't talk about the players. They can't use the players likenesses. They can't do a fucking thing. If you go on to, I'm not sure if this was legit, but if you go on to the MLB website, when you click on a player, it doesn't even show his picture anymore. It's just a silhouette. That's right. Yep. Yep. They all said they all they're going to do that. So now apparently on Twitter, a bunch of the players have changed their uh, their picture from their face or whatever to just their silhouette because the MLB is not uh, accepting them as players at this particular moment. Yep. So, but we'll, uh, 
Pizza and Tim. You know, you, yeah, yeah, for sure. But you said you weren't even sure what they're arguing about and what they want. The MLB basically wants things to stay the same. The owners want things to basically stay the same. And the the players want obviously uh, more freedoms. They want better free agency. Uh, they want less service time. Less service time contract. That's right. The contracts don't have to have anything to do with service time, essentially, which really uh, inhibits younger players. And they're trying to get younger players paid sooner is basically what they're trying to do. So, but we shall see how that roll, how that shakes out, you know, but uh, until then, like I said, MLB is going to be a short segment. It's a good thing though, because NBA, NHL and other stuff was fucking long this week. So Kev, why don't you start us off into the, uh, the other sports? Well, we do have our national women's hockey league that was happening, but we unfortunately had some games that were uh, postponed. The Buffalo Buttes was uh, taking on the Minnesota Whitecap. And uh, games have been postponed due to um, inclement weather conditions uh, affecting Buffalo's travel. Wait, these so games- the Bills and the Patriots can play in these inclement weather, but they can't fucking drive or fly to Minnesota? They can't get to the game. <laughs> <laughs> now, those games will definitely be re- uh, rescheduled, uh, but... As of right now, those games were not played. But we did have some games that were uh, happening. Uh, so we did have a uh, being played on Saturday, the uh, 1E1, as well as uh, this Sunday, the uh, 1E2. We had Metropolitan Riveters taking on Toronto 6. Both games started at 2 p.m. Uh, and now let's go find out what happened in these games there, guys. Metropolitan uh, Riveters lost to Toronto 6, 2-1 in that first game. In the second game, Toronto dominated with a 3-0 shutout. Yeah, Now, there's one one thing I should have been mentioning here, guys, on these games because we have been talking about them uh, for some time now since they've started, is that where these games are actually being played. Uh, so this one was actually played at the uh, York Canadian Ice Arena. So I'm going to try and get uh, better and in re- involved in regards to where these um, players or teams are playing, because I know sometimes that they don't always play at the York. So they, the, the Toronto Six doesn't play at the same home arena every time? I think they flop. I, I'll be honest. I'm not too certain, but um, I'm going to keep a, a better eye on regards to where these uh, teams are playing. Because I don't think it's a... I- I don't I think it's at the same. You, man. I don't I think it's at the same you. one all the time. I challenge you, man. I think I think a home team plays at their arena just like every other place every single fucking time. I don't think that they flip flop. I'm challenging you, motherfucker. All right. There we go. So let's challenge that the Toronto. The Toronto Six play six at the same or the same arena at every home game. So while is while that's being looked up. Uh, we're going to go on to our crappy football league. Now, on Wednesday, the Hamilton Tiger Cats confirmed Dane Evans will start over Jeremiah Mosoli. Winnipeg and Hamilton will be face off in the rematch of the 2019 championship game. If the Bombers go on to win this game, it would be a back-to-back wins. Hamilton's last Grey Cup was not in, um, was not won till uh, 1999. Was their last win. And the Arkells, again, guys, are going to be providing our halftime show there. Kickoff starts at 6 Eastern. 
Now, if for some reason, so four hours ago, yeah, it's it's probably still on. I mean, the public game is probably over. It's probably I, I can take a look. You can take a look to see who actually won. But if this game, for some reason, if anybody in the US of A would like to watch this, not likely that they probably would, but that game would be scheduled on uh, ESPN2. Uh, is there any confirmation upon the winner of that game? No, I'm looking no. up the challenge. <laughs> well, let's go see. Priorities, Kevin, priorities. Let's see if they won or not. Let's find out. Jesse's going to hope the Ticats won because he picked them. Yeah. Let's find out. I'm just going to sit there and take a quick peek here, guys, to see if they have or have not. Yeah, Winnipeg won in overtime, 33-25. So the Winnipeg have become back-to-back, back-to-back Grey Cup champs. Now, they did also have the awards um, for the CFL. Uh, was undone on Friday. The most outstanding player, MOP, went to Winnipeg, Zach Kralaros. Also first bomber to do so since uh, Milt Stiegel back in 2002. Top Canadian goes to Fiasco Locomobo from BC. Defensive player was Adam Big Hill from Winnipeg. Stanley Bryant got best linesman also from Winnipeg. Special teams honors Devante Deadman from Ottawa. Jordan Williams takes rookie from BC. Coach Mike O'Reilly walks away with coach award, which we all know. Which team he coaches? Everybody knows that, right? Oh. Win- Winnipeg. Oh. Oh. So, again, back-to-back champs. That's pretty impressive for those guys. Getting into some boxing. I know if I can interrupt you there, Kev. Uh, from what I found on the schedule for the PHF, which is also known as the NWHL, uh, every home game for the Toronto Six is at the York Canlan Ice Arena. That's just them or everyone else? No, that's just, oh, them. That just them. Okay. Why would anybody else play at their home arena? Well, besides, you know, I don't know. sometimes they were flopping. I just didn't, I wasn't paying too much of attention upon their home ice arenas. I'm not sure if they played some at the, you know, um, where the Marlies would have been this, like the university. No, I found pretty much what Josh found. They play at the Canlin, fucking whatever. And all the teams play are at the playing same, at the same, same arena, same home. Yeah, it's a good thing that you looked that up because I wasn't too certain if they if they did or didn't. Because I mean, it's six teams. I mean, maybe they did bounce from a different arena to another, just because of you know either ice time or maybe someone else is playing. But that's good to know. So we'll keep that there at that. From now on out, then I won't have to mention any arenas because they're all going to be playing at the same one. Well, not all the teams are playing at the same one. Like, the Metropolitan Riveters play at the Menon Ice Arena. The Buttes play at the Northern Town right. Center. But they'll always play at those games. They'll always play at those arenas. Yeah, just, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, so there's just no like the Leafs always play at the ACC, ACC. or if Scotiabank. They, if they're at uh, they play at Scotiabank. Challenge. <laughs> <laughs> there's no challenges on that shit, man. Can't challenge a Sky Dome or ACC. No. Grandfathered <laughs> no, in. No. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> but again, but, anyway, yeah. but again, what it comes down to is it's a Josh plus one and a Kevin <laughs> minus one. Giddy up. Now, speaking of minuses, we're going to go into a little bit of a boxing here. Now, you guys remember I was talking about Jake Paul and Tommy Fury that we're going to fight here on December 18th in Florida. Well, it's not going to happen. Fury pulled out of the fight. Paul labeled Fury as an embarrassment. Paul will now fight Tyrone Woodley once again. With Paul winning that first, uh, first fight against Woodley, is also not impressed in regards to Fury's withdrawal. Now, Jake Paul was talking to Sky Sports and told, uh, told them that Fury said, we'd fight Jake with a broken rib with our arms tied behind our backs. When it came down to fighting, they pulled out. I question everything about that family. The only reason he is anything is because of his brother. Tommy Fury does not have, the Tommy Fury does have some broken ribs along with some kind of chest infection, which is why he definitely pulled out. COVID. <laughs> Probably, you never know. Um, so the main event now is going to be Jake Paul again uh, versus Tyrone Woodley. The co-main event is going to be Amanda Seriano versus Miriam uh, Gutierrez. 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 And we have the undercards with Liam Perro and Yomar Almero. Yomar. Uh, and then we have <laughs> Duran Williams. Yo, more. Yo more. <laughs> oh, yes. Deron Williams and Frank Gore. Fuck, yeah. that's the, for me, that's the main event. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'd be lots of fun to sit there and take a look at. That's for sure. Fuck, I'm going to bet on that fucking, that boxing match for sure. That'd be like that uh, way back when, uh, where you had, uh, you know, celebrity boxing. That, that would be like uh, that fight for sure. But this is how bad boxing is now. They have to get it into yeah. a celebrity show. They don't have sure. any. This whole event is fucking. Yeah, it's all celebs. I mean, like, like, other than the other than the ladies' bout there and the sec- the first undercard, the rest are just fucking social media idiots and fucking former <laughs> athletes. Yeah. <laughs> but if you did honestly take Woodley and you put um, Paul in his atmosphere, Paul would be destroyed within within the. No, no doubt in my mind. I mean, Woodley's a MMA fighter. Paul's a boxer. So, Paul's a social media guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but <laughs> like, I mean, but if again, if you if you change the atmospheres here, Woodley would destroy him. But getting into our MMA, UFC, we had a big fight night two sixty nine. We have lightweight Charles Charles Oliveira puts on the title against Dustin Poirier. Now, not many gave uh, not many gave Charles Overia much of a chance to uh, beat Dustin Poirier yesterday at the two um, at two thousand sorry two hundred and sixty nine uh, UFC. Oliveira was the underdog going into this match. Oliveira came through with his uh, bread and butter, which is a standing up rear naked choke, which he. Uh, did so with 102 in the third round to retain his belt. Now the uh, woman's bantamweight. This this was a match. 
Now, this is the co-main event. Amanda Nunez was fighting Juliana Pena. So not since Holly, Holly Holm defeated Ronda Rousey has been as a big and upset at the UFC 269. Amanda Nunez was a heavy favorite to retain her bantamweight belt against Juliana Pena. Pena caught Nunez off balance, then brought her to the mat, choking Nunez into a submission at th- to a three minutes and 26 seconds in the second round to become champ. The belt has changed hands for the first time in five years. Impressive. So I mean, that I'm is not, huge. I'm not a UFC person on with really. But what? From what I, Come on. <laughs> except for when we're going through other stuff, of course. But uh, from what I've heard, this was a bigger upset than all Motor Rousey. Like, this yeah. is one of the biggest upsets in UFC history. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, uh, Nunez has held that belt for like over five years. Well, she was never supposed to lose. Right. And then here we are. I mean, uh, this, the Pena was holding on to her daughter and was just, you know, in, in, in God, like, holy fuck, I won. And then, and then she yells out to the crowd, now you believe me, you motherfuckers. You know, <laughs> you know so it was, it was, it was decent. It was a, it was a great win for her. I mean, I can see this, uh, you know, being a rematch. Nunez is going to want definitely want her belt back, but you know we'll see when that's going to happen. She's going to basically have to work herself back up to to be able to take on the number one. So we'll see. What do you mean you got to work yourself back up? Aren't you just number two? No, nah, you, you lost. Just fight them right away. Like sometimes that that does happen, but sometimes you know you have to sit there and work your way back up. But you I mean, just lost to the best, so you're just number right. two. Like you're not. You, how far down do you go? Or maybe you go to three. You probably I mean, you, you probably are between a contender shot, right? So you yeah. have to fight someone before yeah. you get yeah. shot at the belt. Okay. So you'll give like another, I like say, a number four, then you know a rematch right away. But you know he'll have to fight at least one more before to to take on the belt again. Or again, sometimes they do. They do to sit there and say, "All right, guys, we're going to sit there and." Fight right away. We're gonna do a rematch. Next one. But I don't Mulligan. See that... Mulligan. Let's do that again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't see that happening though. Now we did have a Walter Weight matchup featuring uh Jeff Neal and Santiago Ponisbio. I had to put that in there because you know he fucking boy. said it right, everyone. He Woo! did decent cab. Got a boy. Now in the battle of strikers. Wait, wait, wait. Can you say it a second time? Panisbio. That's just mean. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody said I was a nice guy. (laughs) Now, in the battle of these strikers, Neil used his counter punches to keep Panisbio off balance while also increasing his output in the third final round to secure a win by split decision. Again, I don't like split decisions, man. Now, if you guys have anything else to add in regards to others, you know, if uh, Yosh, I think you had some stuff that you wanted to comment or, or states upon. I just want to add before sure. we get into that, that you don't seem nervous at all, Kev. Thanks, bro. Thanks, bro. Because it's the liquor talking. There you go. Yeah. Liquid courage. There we go. 
certainly knows how to pronounce fucking UFC last names this week. <laughs> <laughs> I try. All right. I do have a few things. Uh, not going to go super in depth with them uh, just to keep it short and sweet. But Tiger Woods is set to play in the PNC championship with his son, uh, December 18th and 19th, which is awesome. Uh, he's back from his injury. Obviously he's uh, this isn't a major championship. It's not, uh, I mean, it's with he's playing with his son. So let's, let's be real with both what this is, but at least he's back on the course in a competitive uh, atmosphere. And I think this is great. And didn't one of you guys say that he would never play competitively again? That someone was me. Huh. Say, yeah. huh. And I huh. said he would never play on the tour again. Uh, well, this that, is that's a, fair. That's fair. This isn't a, I don't think this is a legit PGA tour stop, but uh, this so I'm is not a, wrong yet. Not yet, not yet. <laughs> it sounds like it's coming, but and I'm not wrong had, yet. If he's playing at this, we'll have to add him on Twitter and like, just, just step into the masters, just play there. Honestly, I mean, he, he, even if he doesn't touch another, another major ever or any other golf ever, that's the one that he can do whenever because he's won it. And that, that's the joys of being a green jacket winner. I want to do it this year so we can say that Peter is incorrect. You know, <laughs> yeah. 100%. Yes. Uh, so the Canadian decathlete Damon Warner was named the 2021 Canadian Athlete of the Year. He obviously won that decathlon uh, in the Olympics. And that was pretty fucking sweet. And a lot of work goes into being a decathlete. For you know, sure. You don't have to be uh, great at 10 sports, but you got to be really fucking good at them. So. That's right. You know, you pick your faves. I mean, if it's your javelin, if it's your, you know, high jump or sprinting, I mean, you got to have one that you dominate in a lot just to get your points. Yeah. But you got to be good at all the rest. Yeah. Yeah. You got you to at least place in all the rest. Yeah. You don't have to be number one. You just got to yeah. place. It helps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, this is great. I, I was uh, so happy when, when he won uh, the decathlon uh, this, uh, this past summer in the Olympics and uh, well, very well deserved uh, to be the, the Canadian Athlete of the Year, 100%. A little soccer news in the MLS. New York City FC wins their first ever MLS Cup title by way of penalty kicks versus Portland Timbers. So the game was uh, 1-1 went through extra time, uh, went through overtime and, uh, and then ended up with PKs and, uh, NYCFC ended up winning four, two on PKs. So that was their first time ever being in that cup, right? That ever, as you stated that they won their first ever. It was their first win ever. I'm not sure. I'll say it probably was their first time being there because they're a relatively new team. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's good for, uh, New York city FC. Um, TFC was uh, nowhere close. No, but, uh, no. I did hear that uh, Sebastian Giovenko is uh, talking about coming back to TFC. The Atomic is, Ant. Uh, yeah, that'd, and be, that'd be amazing. There's an, there's another big name out there too. I forget the name, but they may be signing two fucking aces. Oh yeah, Giovenko and somebody else. Yeah. Is it a guy that's been that's played for TFC or no? No, just a new guy or not new, but yeah. You know. Eldor is going to be leaving too. Similar to Giovinco the first time, I think. Yeah, Eltador is is going to be leaving. I think I don't think they want him around, but that's where Giovinco comes in, right? No, he did. He was called the atomic atomic ant, was he not? 
I believe so. That's what I remember him as. He was awesome. Yeah, man. The fucking guy can sit there and take those um, penalty kicks and they just put him in every single time that I remember. He was a skillful player to begin with. Yeah, man. I saw him get a hat trick live. It was awesome. Did you throw your hat? <laughs> I tried to, but I was up too high. You were too high? I, I was I was too far back. And oh, oh, you're too so far back. I, didn't, I, didn't I thought you said you were too you too far high. I mean, too high. Oh, mean, sorry, too high. More than one thing. Yeah. My bad. No, well, you know. But people did throw their hats onto the field. It was fun. For sure. That's a hat trick. Canadian, eh? Take off, you hoser. (laughs) All right. Uh, Moving on. Kentucky Derby winner Medina Spirit has now died after a breezing workout at Santa Anita. Heard about Uh, that. That's That's unfortunate. Yeah, so not a whole lot of information uh, has come out about this, but I thought it was worth uh, mentioning that that this uh, horse has kicked the bucket and um, no punt intended. No, I mean, well, where was the pun? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> kick the bucket. I mean, is it a can? No, oh. this is a horse we're talking about. Uh, of course, <laughs> a horse, of course. <laughs> So anyway, uh, you know, shitty buzz here uh, for Medina Spirit and and the owners and so on and so forth. Um, full disclosure, I did not look into this too too much, so I don't really know what a breezing workout is. Uh, my guess is that a light it was workout. like a, a light workout. Yeah, they were trotting along, yeah. and uh, essentially, from w- what I've read, is basically the horse had a heart attack. Um, just gonna. Me- Maybe it's more than a light workout. Maybe it's like wind sprints for horses. <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, either way, uh, like I said, from what I've heard, it's uh, it's like the old Medina Spirit ticker just couldn't hold it, hold on anymore, and uh, just up, kick the bucket. Yeah. So, no pun um, intended. No, no <laughs> random unknown pun intended. Yeah. And last thing I've got, uh, last week we touched on it for the first time in a while uh, or ever this season was the NCAA football, which uh, we apologize for that because, you know, we probably should have been a little bit more on that. But uh, Alabama Crimson Tides, Bryce Young wins the Heisman Trophy. He had 43 touchdowns, 4,322 yards. This is the fourth uh, fourth Heisman win by an Alabama player and the first quarterback uh, to ever do it in Alabama. On Alabama, it's crazy because like they they've had a few decent quarterbacks come out of there and not get the Heisman. And this to be the first is. I saw lots of predictions from like early at the start of the season where who's going to be the best quarterback who's going to win the Heisman and Bryce Young is not even in the conversation. No, not at all. So it's back-to-back wins by Alabama last year. Devonta Smith won. And the uh, two previous Alabama players to win. Pete, you better know at least one of them. Derrick Henry. All right. Yeah. And Kev. If you're going to fucking be a New Orleans Saints fan, you better know the other one. 
No, you're fucked, eh? Yeah, you're an Atlanta Falcon fan for life, bud. Yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> Mark Ingram was the other one. That was the four Crimson Tide Heisman Trophy winners. And, uh, yeah, I just wanted to mention those few things uh, throughout other sports, you know. Figured they were uh, worth talking about. And Appreciate that, Yosh. That's that's all I got. That's I'm done. I'm done. Awesome. I'm just going to – I'm going to zip it. Zip. Zip it on into the uh, penalty boxes here then, I guess. I'll uh, start the uh, the good old penalty box. Now, I uh, have put a little link up here, guys, if you haven't uh, seen this video yet. But if you have, that's awesome. But if you have not, do so while I'm going through this. So if you all have not seen what happened in the Women's Championship League, again, I've shared a clip for you to uh, the view. As you can see, this dumb fuck gets onto a pitch and tries to get selfies until Sam Kerr, number 20, takes a little run and leans in to this fan. Well, let's call him that, a fan. Now, I'm going to try and do this in my best kind of Don, Ferry, Don Cherry's voice because this, this, this was pretty impressive to sit there and watch. Now, if you're seeing kids out there would like the, uh, you know, how you play a good game of body checking. Take a look at this butte. Let's go. <laughs> would make any hockey player proud watching this, watching that hit. Kevin, that was great. I tried. Oh, that's pretty good, man. <laughs> Now I know I, I thought this this hit was pretty decent as well, man, guys. I mean, she, <laughs> I mean, I mean, your suit could use work. Yeah, you, oh. you're uh, <laughs> yeah, you're not uh, you're not on point with Don there, but yeah, I was pretty proud of this hit. LOL. Now here is why my box comes in here, guys. This is what this is what's going on. Now with the security guards around the field. This guy actually got on, which, you know, I don't think they should have, but, but he did. But this is where the problem actually is. The fucking ref gives her a yellow card. Uh, I, I don't understand. That was on the fucking pitch. Yeah. For doing so. She got a yellow card for doing this. She took care of business. What do you mean? What'd she get a yellow card for? Now, uh, man, when I saw that, I could shake my head. But she got the yellow card for the nice little body check she gave to that fan. And again, man, I don't understand why you would give a yellow card to a fan. Well, the or fan the yellow card to the, the to the player <laughs> for knocking out this fan that's on the field. It, it just beyond me. Because, I mean, now another yellow card means she, she can't play for a game. or So it's just fucking refs. You guys are fucking retarded to sit there and give that that yellow card to her for helping you dumb fucks out to get this guy off the field. I'm going to toss out a challenge. A yellow card doesn't mean she can't play next game. No, if she gets another yellow card. If she gets another, it does. Yeah, then it's a red. Okay, fine. All right. Challenge rescinded. <laughs> well, I don't know if it can be rescinded, though. <laughs> but that's where I'm getting at, though, man. It's just so stupid that, one, the guy actually got on the field, no security was it there, and trying to, to get him. But if you notice after the hit that she laid out, this guy must have been so embarrassed, man, because he ran as fast as he could to get off the fucking field. So the security never even reached him? No. After he got told? No, no. No, he got up and he ran. I mean, he he beat the the little I don't know, old lady that was there and some other 
random. But yeah, he took off all embarrassed as shit, which I, I would be as well. I mean, he got laid out by a broad, like like head down, like uh, Truba. You might say two. he got broadsided. Oh, <laughs> there you go, bro. <laughs> yeah, man. Gonna be a dad working on my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I mean, yeah, it was just that there was that head down drool kind of look that she gave because she gave us to get like a little four running step and just laid it right into him. I mean, like I said, like Truba did to the Chicago Blackhawk guy and Truba did to the uh, Colorado guy. I mean, it was just nasty hit, good hit, but not deserving a red, uh, sorry, a yellow card. So again, I got the refs in my box for handing out a yellow card for uh, Miss Kerr. For laying out the body on a on a person that should not have been on the pitch. It's it is weird. I agree with you on this. The short a yellow card for this. Like, what authority do you have to do that? Yeah. That's not a player. For like, sure. I could I, I could see like a insurance issue because that's like technically assault almost. Right? Yeah, but what does the fucking ref care about that? You know what I mean? Yeah, he should be involved. But exactly. like, but like, how can why would you affect the game in that point when she's just security's not doing anything about it like is it your job to penalize her when she tries to help out the situation she's not not supposed to do that right she should get a bonus (laughs) yeah there's lots of times where you see stupid ass fans running on football fields and like you know a lot of times the football players won't do a damn thing but there's the odd time i don't think they they can they're not allowed to because there could be a loss oh i've saw i've saw before that they players have just rocked them or the refs get a hold of them, or the fucking security guards tackle them down the like a fucking mofo. Are allowed to get them. The thing yeah. is, is you gotta look at it from, you know, the four major sports are. There's a ton of fucking security, so there's lots of guys to run after, and maybe there's not quite as much security at a women's soccer game as there would be even just at a men's soccer game, right? So for sure, compare apples to apples. So yeah, for sure, you know, maybe it's just like, and who knows if. Who knows what the, especially with discrimination rules and whatnot, but knows if they can, you know, do they have to hire fit people that runs a four, four fucking 40 or can <laughs> they hire my, right. Can they hire my fat ass? And maybe the fucking, maybe the security guards were running after them, but maybe they were a little overweight and we're a little slow and we're never in the video screen. Right. Like, yeah. Oh, but I, I just think it's stupid. I agree with Kevin that the refs can't, shouldn't be. Yeah, definitely. For sure. I mean, if if the league wants to give them, go give her a fine or whatever, then fine. But take away that yellow though. The yellow card, like you said, Kev, that can that could really hurt. You know, well, like you said, the next time she gets the yellow, she's done for a game. So, but again, guys, I got refs in my box. Let's see what Pedro is fucking new with you, Kev. Yeah, man. Pedro, right up there with fucking LeBron and leaning in the boxes. Yeah, little bitches. <laughs> fucking geriatric. But that's not what's in my box. The geriatric Lakers. <laughs> my box. It's the Arizona Coyotes. Because uh, apparently they are not paying their bills. And they might get evicted from the Aguila River Arena. Even though they're not going to play there next year anyway. They might get evicted ahead of time. Uh, So the Arizona Department of Revenue filed a tax lien notice against ICE Arizona Hockey LLC, which owns the Coyotes, for unpaid state and city taxes in excess of $1.3 million. 
Now, the coyotes claim that this is a result of an unfortunate human error. Uh, whatever. <laughs> I don't know if you believe that or not. It's possible. Some fucking poor bastard's job to pay the bills might not have done their job. Who knows? You'd think they would have figured this out and not have $1.3 million owing in taxes. So the coyotes have until 5 p.m. local time on December 20th to settle their outstanding debts or the city of Glendale will deny Arizona's personnel and vendors access to the venue. And so Gary Bettman chimed in because rumors started swirling after this about Arizona moving because they can't afford to be right here because they're not making any money. Can't afford to pay their bills. But he says, nope, that franchise isn't going anywhere. They might not stay in Glendale, but they're going to stay no, in Arizona. But they're going to stay in Arizona, yes. Uh, and he also commented that he's not going anywhere either, or at least he doesn't intend to. Fuck that guy. Which kind of sucks. Yep. But anyway, it's in my box. The Arizona Coyotes. Got to pay your bills, man. Did you know, honestly, that uh, 250000 of that uh, of 1.3 mil that they owe was towards taxes alone? Uh, I think it's the opposite of that. I think 250000 is owed to the arena. The rest is all taxes. No, I challenge that. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> all right. So, what's the challenge here, Kev? You say two fifty, two fifty, two fifty towards taxes alone, and for Pete June says... for June two thousand twenty, where the Department of Revenue can be date back to. I have it. Fucking right here, yo. He's he's written it down. <laughs> he's written it down. Yeah, good source. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I think I read Check your work cited on that. All right. And so, Pete, you're saying that it's. I'm one... saying that 250 is not taxes and the rest is taxes. Fuck, this is going to be impossible to find. No, Toddy, I got it right here. Right, yeah, but... Fucking right in front of me. I wrote this down word for word on regards to uh, the interwebs. Which, which source? Uh, which this source? would have been on um, uh, Edge, the Edge kind of um, interweb. That's the only thing that allows me access at uh, where I work. All right. Um, well, we looked this up. Hopefully, Jess, you're looking something up here because I got to get into my penalty box. Sure, go ahead. So in my okay. box, so I'm, I'm... carry on. I'm reading a thing that says the NHL team attributed his delinquent payments, some $1.3 million in sales tax owed to the state with 250000 of it owed to Glendale to possible human error. Yep, that's from USA Today, right? Yep. That's what I see here. But... There it says, oh, it's 1.3 and 250000 towards taxes alone. For it's coming up to the June of 2020. Is where, the department, is where the department of Revenue can, can, can date that back to. I, I read the same thing you did there, Pete. I'm just looking at something else here. Uh, while it loads here, I'm going to continue here. So in my box is the Bills defense. Uh, Jesse, you had talked about it uh, right off the hip hop on today's show, how they gave up 220 yard, 222 rushing yards to the Patriots in week 13 with Mac Jones only throwing three times, uh, completing two of them for 19 yards. 
So this is fucking brutal. They were putting eight guys or more in the box and they still couldn't stop the run. They knew the run was coming and they still couldn't stop it. And you have to be better than that. Jesse, you had mentioned that they were uh, fifth in the league prior to this game in, in run defense. And then uh, Pete challenged you on your bottom. They were in the bottom half of the league after this game. Pete was right. And it's yeah. the point being is that they went from five to 12 uh, after one game of giving up so many rushing yards. And it just, I just can't believe that they couldn't stop the fucking run when all you had to prepare for or all you had to plan for once you're on the field is the run. You knew they weren't going to pass. And if they were going to pass, they were only going to pass with going with the wind. There was no chance that uh, Belichick was going to chance throwing against the wind, which we had talked about previously. So the big thing here that got me was a member of the Bills media had asked safeties Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde in the post uh, post game conference press conference if they were embarrassed by the way they played versus the run. Of course, the safeties weren't happy with the question. And we're looking at their like PR guy, like what the fuck is going on here? Like this guy's, you know, ripping us a new asshole type thing. And I mean, I think that they should be embarrassed. Like how do you not stop the fucking run with eight plus guys in the box? And you know that they're not going to throw just fucking stop the run. Like make a fucking tackle. They, you know, I've been a big supporter of the bills all year. And for the past couple of years, as uh, you know, I mean, I've been a Bills fan even when they were losing, you know, secondary Bills fan, but, you know, especially when they're winning here and, you know, they have been, as mentioned, shit in the last little bit, but they should be embarrassed. They should be embarrassed with giving up 222 rushing yards with only three passing attempts. And they ha- so they're facing Bill Belichick. And then, of course, week 14 shows up and they're, they're facing Tom Brady. And they got their fucking ass whooped. There they came back in the in the uh, back end of it, but it's not good enough. These bills are not good, not good enough, and it's pissing me off. <laughs> Mostly because I have Josh Allen in fantasy, and I need him to be better for the playoff run here. But uh, you know, getting back to this defense, they have been they have not been very good over the last few weeks. They need to tighten up, and they should be embarrassed about their their performance, and they shouldn't get all bitchy with the media when they when they ask about it. Um, I believe it was Jordan Poyer came out and said the next day, basically he was, he basically apologized for being a douchebag to the, uh, to the reporter uh, saying, you know, everybody wants to win and blah, 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 blah. But I don't know. You shouldn't be giving up that kind of fucking yardage when all you got to protect against is a run. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to protect in regards to what you guys are saying with my last box. Or our challenge because I just found something right here that states that Katie Strang has reported on Wednesday that the city of Glendale was owed about $250,000 in unpaid city taxes for the use of the Gina Arena home for the um, for home of the Coyotes. And I yeah. got that on Sportsnet. I know that's true, but the rest of the million dollars, the rest of the 1.3 is, 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 is towards the actual arena itself. The arena bills, uh, it's not no, taxes, it's, it's state taxes. The 250 is city taxes, right? The rest of the 1.3 is state taxes, it's all right. taxes. That's all I'm saying is all taxes here. I'm not saying anything with the arena like you said it's unpaid city taxes 
Yeah. And then so already settled bills on paid taxes for on on paid taxes come to light. Uh, pay bills, taxes to the city of Glendale, the state of Arizona. Team has confirmed Thursday after the reported that they might lock out the lock them out. And it says that I keep on following again on that sports net one is that 250,000 is unpaid in, in unpaid city taxes used for the arena. That's what I thought. Right. Kev, you said that it was city taxes and then the rest was going to the arena. But what, yes. But the rest of what we're seeing is all taxes. They're saying the rest of that one point whatever million is going for state taxes. So the, the 250000 was for the arena? For state, no, for city taxes. Oh, the city. What I've got on ESPN, more than 1.3 in unpaid city and state taxes. Coyotes did not pay 250 in outstanding city taxes. A notice was also sent. Blah, 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 blah. That's just to people. It's not actually saying that the other million was state, but it's saying the 1.3 is unpaid city and state taxes. So nothing going to the arena. Because the arena is owed by the city. It's the city. Yeah, that's right. Shoot, shoot me the link, Kev, of what you got there so I can read it. It was just uh, Sportsnet. I just got it off of uh, the last I know. One. Shoot me the link. Send me the link. I'll look at it. Just we'll copy, make it copy the link and throw it yeah. in the in the chat. Send it to the ref. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, so the Bills defense, shit in the bed. They should be embarrassed. Uh, Jess, I think you were about to say something there before Kev jumped in. Uh, but I'm not 100% sure if you were or not. <laughs> yeah, so what I was going to say was that he was pissy because of that, because he was probably hearing it through the coaches and everyone else there on the his defense too, and then he had to hear it from the media, and he just kind of blew up because he was probably sick of hearing how they had everyone in the box. Like, you're a professional athlete. You know you have to do these media things, and you have to keep it calm for sure on that part. And – he he realized that and he apologized, which is being a big man at that point. But be a bigger man and, and stop the run when they run it forty yeah. something times. Yeah, hundred percent. And it wasn't just like the 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 schemes were great. I mean, there was obviously good play calling and whatnot, but there was a lot of missed fucking tackles. And that's you know yeah. like make good, the fucking good play tackle. calling. 40 runs or something. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, okay, you switched up the formation, you made it look like you're gonna run, or I mean pass and then run. Left or right? Left yeah. or right? I read middle? something about Left, like right, middle next gen stats being like the the because they were in jumbo said a lot about being like so tight, like 17 yards has been like Next gen stats doesn't go that far back, but they're saying that it's they've never seen anything like this for a team to be not that spread out in a game. Yeah, and then and you know it's funny. So I was watching the Bills Bucks game today, and the Bills didn't hand off to a running back all first quarter. The Josh Allen ran, but there was no handoff. Yeah, I saw that too. Fucking running back all first quarter, and it was. It was, you know, since like 74 or something since that happened. Yeah, fucked. You know, so pretty crazy that they went from getting run, run, run against, and then they're like, fuck that, we ain't running for <laughs> the next game. So, but anyway. hasn't been good to us at all. Yeah, exactly. 
So the Bills defense is is, uh, is in my box for shitting the bet against the Pats and uh, and chirping the uh, the media there when they need to check themselves before they wreck themselves. Another guy that needs to check himself before he wreck himself is in Jesse's box. Yeah, fellow Canadian, Chase Claypool. Uh, this happened on Thursday night. Again, the Steelers were against uh, the Vikings, which obviously we all stayed away from that pick because no one wanted to touch anything the Vikings is on mm-hmm. for our locks. And this look, this game looked like it was run away. It was, it was the Steelers were down by so much and they don't really have a huge offense to begin with, but they were coming back. And on the last drive, Claypool converted a fourth and one catch getting rolled to the 34 yard line with 37 seconds remaining in the contest. And instead of like doing what like Larry Fitzgerald or a Julio or like one of the bigger name receivers, uh, he didn't immediately pop up and rush the ball to the middle of the field so that the ref could spot the ball and they could spike it because they were out of timeouts. He had to do a bit of showboating and he pointed for the first down uh, guard Trey Turner came running up the field to take the ball away from him. And then he had a bump in Claypool and he fumbled it. <laughs> Fumble, fumbleaya. And Fumble so the precious clock ran down a bit there. They're saying about five seconds uh, before Pat Fryermuth retrieved the, top the ball and threw it to the ref because they could be spotted and spiked. So the Steelers got it spiked with 27, 25 seconds left on the clock. Uh, and then also potentially wiping out a last chance shot into the end zone. And so what he had to say was, I got tackled near the hash. Did my little first down point, went to hand the ball to the ref, and then he got hit by Trey Turner. So he's kind of blaming Trey Turner for this. He says he just got there. Even if I got up and looked for him, meaning the ref, he wasn't there. He ran down the field to come get the ball. The ball got knocked out of my hands. What is what that is what cost us time is what he's saying. But I definitely need to do better. I know the situation. So he needs to grow up a little bit because he is. He had a big game in this game and he just needs to grow up and play play like a professional, I think. And this is why he's in my box because they could add another shot to him in the end zone to get that touchdown. Yeah, he fucked up big time here, or, or Trey Turner did, whoever. I mean, when it comes Tur- down to it, you got to you gotta catch the ball, you got to get your first down or th- whatever. Pick, get, up, get your ass up and run the ball back to where it, it needs to be. Like, it, I would prefer you to run it and put it down on the, where you think the line of scrimmage is as opposed to even waiting for a fucking ref to hand the ball off to the ref. Just take it right to the fucking line of scrimmage. And, yeah, if the ref, and cheat a little, put it forward. Oh, yeah, the, yeah, the ref yeah. is obviously <laughs> going to adjust it, right? But at least the ball is right there. Um, and and definitely don't fucking go blaming somebody else. Yeah, he'll learn. He'll do, he will do. He won't do that again. We'll see. Hopefully not. Well, he he's right now the Steelers aren't that great of a team, so he also does I don't think he cares a whole lot right now and he needs he to should though give, like, give a shit. Yeah, he does need to give a shit because even though he's playing for a mediocre team right now, you know, in the future he could not be playing for a mediocre team or maybe a non-mediocre team wants to pick him up and they're like, "You know what? 
Like a Bill Belichick wouldn't take this guy. Never gonna like, do shit like he'd that. Be like, nope, this isn't happening. Not if he's gonna be a goof like that, right? Yep. If if it becomes a re- a repetitive thing, yeah, right? Bill Belichick takes pro- uh, projects too. Like look at Randy That's Moss, but look at Davey. AB yeah, obviously well, didn't last very long. Randy but... Moss is Randy fucking Moss, though. <laughs> yeah, but AB is also AB. Like he's 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 super super good, but he also comes with a lot of baggage. Yeah, fair enough. But I think uh, Moss bought into it too, right? Like he 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 isn't as bad as AB. Mm-hmm. And and like I said, this is the second year for Claypool, and hopefully he he learns from this. Yeah, that's the only thing you can hope he does is learn from it. Well, everything that I've seen on this uh, challenge here, even looking at your your link here, Kev, it says that this Katie Strang reports Wednesday that a city of Glendale was owed 250000 in unpaid city taxes. But then it goes on to say that, the, that she reports that the Arizona Department of Revenue filed a tax lien notice against the company that owns the Coyotes for more than $1.3 million. Arizona Department of Revenue is state. Uh, Pete, Pete, you put a little something in our chat here that says Glendale City Manager Kevin Phelps sent a letter Wednesday informing the Coyotes they owed 1.3 million uh, U.S. in taxes, including 250 to the city, which to me would mean the rest would go to the state. Um, I don't see anything here that is directly to to the arena other than that 250,000 which is actually to the city um jess what have you have you seen anything here we got to make a decision on this uh challenge because we're a coming up of, to <laughs> coming up to calculating so. uh, a lot of it says that yeah it is um it's all tax it's all saying. tax like there is there is rent that i found here but it says it's 2.7 million that's unpaid because that's a totally different fucking ballpark then. Yeah, so this says the Arizona's uh, arena operator says that the NHL team still owes more than $2.706 million for rent and other expenses. Huh. So that's a different, I think that's different. I think the $1.3 million is ta- all taxes and 250000 of it is the city taxes. And like you said, the other stuff was state. There you go. All right. So I, I that that that's what I'm seeing. Yeah, I I see the same thing then. I mean, it sounded like a postman for Peter. <laughs> <laughs> Further reported that Arizona Department of Revenue filed a tax and lieu notice against the company that owns the uh, Coyotes for more than 1.3 million earlier this month. So tax and lieu, that's all tax, right? That's what I'm looking at. So we're giving that one to Petey. I believe so. Unfortunately, Kev takes a, another minus on his uh, last day. <laughs> Sorry, Kev. It's all good, bro. <laughs> all right. So, uh, Pete, I don't know if you've been keeping track here. Uh, yep. Well, let's go over the scores for this week. Okay. So this week, Peter's a plus two. With uh, let's just go for the challenges to refresh everyone's memory. So first of all, it was the Bills rushing in the bottom half of the league? I challenged Jesse on that, saying they weren't in the bottom half even though they had a one terrible game. I was correct. Then there was the home of the Toronto Six, which uh, Josh took a point off of Kevin. 
that their home is I forget always what always always, always the same yeah York. yeah it's always the same but whatever it is Camden fucking something, York. whatever and then uh, taxes that we just talked about taxes 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 and and LeBron's age. There was another extra challenge there on LeBron's age. Oh yeah, there you go. I'm not keeping track. Yeah. So LeBron, yeah. Kev said that he was 37. 37. I said 36. 36. And he's 36 until December 31st 30th. or 30th. 30th. <laughs> yeah. I don't that. Maybe I wouldn't challenge you, Kev. No, I didn't. You challenge me. You said 36 and 37, so you're gonna get yeah, a, a plus and then a minus at the same time. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm not part of that. I'm not part of that. <laughs> Okay, so that brings our season, well, our show total. So Peter's plus two, which brings the season to plus 11. Kev's minus three on the day. Rough way to go up, but don't you worry, Kev. Next time you're on this show, you'll be sitting at zero, buddy. All right. <laughs> For now, you're on minus 19. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jesse drops down a peg to plus 18. Fucker. And Josh climbs up to minus 10. And don't you worry. You only have one more episode until you get back to that glorious zero. I'm just trying to get to single digits in the next (laughs) (laughs) And that's all for the scores. So why don't we get into, Kev, how was your final drink of season numero uno? Actually, before we get to that, if I may... Uh, so it, it's looking like unless Jesse has a seven challenge fall next week, I'm going hard next week. <laughs> it looks like Jesse's <laughs> gonna win. So every Jess, single thing he says, uh, it, it's not your your dinner is not gonna be until like fucking March or like June or some shit. Whenever Petey comes back, right? Some asshole left. Yeah. But uh, where would you like to go? I mean, but like I think we never put I, a limit on it to begin with either. So. <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> I mean, we're not going to Ruth Chris, okay? <laughs> I don't know. I'll, I'll think about it. I mean, you haven't won it yet. Yeah, I'm. I'm very nervous. Of, yeah, of losing that. <laughs> you, you best challenge seven times next week. I think <laughs> I might just for fucking like. If he says NFL, I'll say, challenge you. <laughs> it's a no fun league. Oh wait, no, NFL. So, shit, shit, shit. <laughs> So you don't even know, eh? There's no, like, wow, probably the keg or something like that. Eh? I mean, like, charcoal sounds good. That's a nice place. There's a nice place. Or Bower Tower. Huh. Huh. Whatever costs more, buddy. Yeah. So no McDonald's, no Kelsey's. <laughs> <laughs> no Casey's. Oh man, I don't need to get like rush to the bathroom real quick after the <laughs> It's not fucking Taco Bell. <laughs> no man, McDonald's is just as bad as Taco Bell. Not true. Not true. It is for me. Challenge. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Take a part, do it. <laughs> Check for the studies. They'll show. Anyway. All right. So know. fucking restaurant TBD. Maybe we'll do the show from the restaurant that night. Ooh, ooh, on our phones. That sounds like it. <laughs> that sounds like a tough fucking episode. <laughs> uh, that one, one, one will be unedited. Yeah. What is your closest uh, power bar that we can use? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where can I plug in this microphone? 
All right. So before I rudely interrupted Kev, Pete had asked you about your final season one beer. Well, the Lake of Bays Brewing Company, Stand Down, India Pale Ale, 6.9% with a big ass black bear on it. Bitch beer. Or, or, or it could be in a, you know, a Grizz. <laughs> Shows the bitch beer of the day. Rar had a 6.9. Uh, very nice. I very am good. The bitch, I'll have you know. Oh, well, all right. As I just stated with regards to my little can of uh, beer here, I actually had both of them this time, Jesse. Thank you very much. Job. Way to, way to finish the, sh- the season out strong. Yeah, bud. <laughs> <laughs> So Pedro, what was your poison? Yeah, my uh, Bose Brewing Porter Porter in partnership with Porter Airlines. Since I'm traveling, even though I drove, I did not fly on Porter or any airline at all. But I like Porter. They give you free beers when you're on their flights. What? They, what? Oh, yeah. yeah, buddy. They don't have TVs and they do the milk run. They go from like, you got to go here to Ottawa to Halifax, Newfoundland, if you go to Newfoundland. But it's all right. They give you free beer if you like. It's, it's a good time. I like Porter. It's a good airline. Flies to Billy Bishop. And it was good. It was a good porter. It's uh, 5.6%, which is the bitch of the day. But Sounds about right. Such is life. So why don't we go to the fucking cream of the day? Josh, what are you drinking? Well, I got Kev's favorite beer, Metalhead. Yeah. <laughs> From Nickelbrook Brewing. It's a double IPA. Big old strong 8.5%. It's got a fucking playing card on the uh, on the can with a skull king. Right up fucking Kev's alley here. He wants he wants the can for some reason. Fuck yeah, I want that can. And uh, yeah, this is pretty fucking tasty. I I really enjoyed it actually. Um, That's a couple uh, strong ones that I've liked. I like the uh, the flying monkey ten point two sparkle puff and this one here. I hope they make more like this. I'll have to check them out. But this one was really good. I really liked it. Citrusy, um, peach and passion fruit, it says. And uh, it sifts smooth, but it's bold hop strength. It's a double-edged sword of taste and power. (laughs) Anyway, it was really fucking good. I liked it. And uh, I don't know. We laughed a lot. So I'm going to attribute some of that to the 8.5% of the old metal. (laughs) Jess, Mr. Fucking... PMP leader, what do you got going on over there? Or how boo, was it boo, at least? Boo, boo, so the boo, bitter waitress, I said was a heavy. Calm your tits. <laughs> <laughs> it was really good. Uh, black IPA by Shiloh Beer Brewing. Very, very tasty, actually, for it being as heavy as it is. And I, I definitely will probably get this again. I think one. Definitely, probably. Definitely, probably. Maybe. Probably, maybe. Yeah. But it was good. A solid 6.5. Not bitch beer. Not bitch beer. All right, guys. Well, before we sign off here, Kev, I want to uh, I say thanks for uh, a great season one. Yeah, bud. Thanks, uh, Thanks for all the points, Kev. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> Thanks for the points. Yeah. Next season's gonna be fucking different. I tell you what. 
more points? No, <laughs> no, probably less challenges. I'm gonna zip my lip, and you know, maybe I hit the lead. Oh, and that's say nothing. no fun. That's no fun. I'll hit the uh, I'll hit the top and like be like a, a Pedro at the beginning, using challenges, and then Jesse, <laughs> where he just you know doesn't challenge or or gets challenged hey man, at all. I challenged twice last week. I was the only one that challenged last week. Yeah, you just sat there. Yeah, of course. I, I can be challenging when I'm not around. Son of a bitch. Because I got one and I lost one. Hmm. Even on the day. Yeah. I got cocky. I had I had a other I was drinking ginger and rice. So I was yeah, so you, you're super fucking you're, you're, you're definitely loopy. It. You're definitely loopy. That's for shizzle. Well, Kev, for all our listeners, we love you. Love you too. And uh can't wait to hear you out in uh, season two. Um Next week uh, will be our last season one episode. Be what are we on now? Forty six. So episode forty seven will be the final. Just to give our listeners a heads up, don't cry over the holidays. Just re-listen to episode one through forty seven. <laughs> you won't miss us. You can still hear our soothing voices. Bingo, bingo. So for everyone here, points and penalties. I'd like to thank you all for listening to episode 46. Please subscribe wherever you get your pods. Give us a like and follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at points penalties. And for the last time with Kev, until next week, stay, stay out, out of the, the penalty, penalty box. box.